We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Rotowire NFL DFS podcast. It is now week 13, believe it or not. We're moving along in this season. Uh, I am Scott Jensted, joined tonight by Vlad Sedler. Uh, we are sponsored by FanDuel. We appreciate uh, them for that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Also, uh, those reviews and those ratings uh, mean a lot to uh, mean a lot to the podcast, mean a lot to the site. So that would be uh, that would be fantastic if you could take two seconds to do that. If you've happened to enjoy the podcast during the season. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at Scott Jenstead. Jenstead is J-E-N-S-T-A-D. Uh, Vlad is at Rotogut, R-O-D-O-G-U-T. Uh, if you could follow us uh, there, we answer a lot of questions there, talk about uh, some kind of last-minute stuff over the weekend, so uh, always a good follow there. Uh, Vlad, how are you? I'm good, man. It's uh, week 13 coming up, uh, last week of the fantasy uh, regular season for a lot of season-long leagues and. uh yeah, I got a, got a couple things brewing in, in, in season long, and I'm hoping to uh, sort of pair that with a nice little DFS week here. Yeah, it's a, it's actually a great time for DFS because if you uh, you know if you are 
your, your season's kind of coming to an end or you're not making the playoffs or you, you know, a lot of your season-long leagues are ending, it's, it's a perfect time to kind of get it going, keeps the interest going for the last five weeks of the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and also, you know, you've got a lot of people that are getting into baseball also. Uh, I'm sorry, not baseball, basketball and hockey and playing other sports. And a lot of people might just be out of money or burnt out, um, you know, those that aren't getting, uh, you know, great content. So, um, you know, just just keep at it. This, it's a lot of fun. And then, of course, we're going to have some DFS in the uh, actual playoffs as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was it was a good uh, good week twelve for the podcast. We had a lot of good calls on here. You know, we both like Julio Jones, kind of an obvious call at home against uh, against the Buccaneers. He obviously went crazy, but uh, I talked about Nelson Aguilar a lot. He scored twice. Uh, Delaney Walker finally scored. You really liked Cooper Cup. He had over a hundred yards. Uh, Josh Doxson was one of the plays we liked on Thanksgiving. He scored, so it was it was really good and some kind of uh, off the wall picks and some uh, some sleepers there. But uh, I tell you what, Kareem Hunt really hurt a lot of my teams. He stung because we went back in, we, we went all in and, uh, he was chalk and he disappointed yet again. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, between him and T Y Hilton, uh, I really got stung. I just sort of early in the week decided, Hey, this is a smash spot for T Y Hilton. He's going to go off. I paired him up with Brissette, who I believe got under, uh, 10 Fanduel points, probably like seven or eight. And, uh, and, and the other big problem was, you know, I mean, you know, I had, all the guys we played. I mean, I think Julio Jones was, was pretty obvious and I had him on all my FanDuel teams and, um, you know, same thing with Cooper cup, uh, had a little Sammy Watkins too, who actually came through. Uh, but the problem is I didn't play cash games this last weekend. I pretty much, uh, you know, had a busy week and just, you know, just, just threw in a few GPP lineups. And, uh, despite having Julio, I did not do all that well. Um, mostly because of, you know, Hunt and Hilton and honestly, um, for how long I've been playing, I probably should have known better. Um, you know, a couple of guys like that at, you know, very high percentage, um, you know, everybody was going to be on them and just like anyone in the NFL, the possibilities of, uh, of being let down. Yeah, that's true. And it's actually good. You know, we're kind of at a point in the season where we can kind of look back a little bit, see how we've done. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit before we start about kind of how you're doing, how you feel you're doing in, in building your rosters, picking game selection. I feel like, you know, I'm hitting on a bunch of guys, but, you know, I got a couple bums each week that kind of really hurt me in the GPP games, at least. And, uh, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, maybe I should play, be playing more lineups. Maybe I should not be mixing and matching it as much. So I'm kind of trying to figure out how to build some rosters here as we go to the, as we go to the final month and a half of the season. Well, dude, I mean, after your week six uh, last week with, uh, you know, six-figure six payday, it's really hard to sort of uh, – you know, kind of get back to something like that and always it looking is. for that big score, you know, like as I am as well. Um, but uh, no, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I've known you for a long time and, and you know, I trust your your. your especially with Richard Matthews ending up not playing, you know, that's a play that just sort of makes sense. Um, you know, of course, injury news changes a lot of things. And so we have to be able to adjust on the fly, have to be able to adjust on a Sunday morning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, you know, I like the fact of you know, kind of how you build your lineups in terms of having a core uh, of players and then just sort of building, uh, you know, GPP stacks around that going with, you know, quarterback with a, you know, perhaps a receiver or tight end that may not be um, the number one option or may not be as chalky. So, um, you know, I like a lot of that that you do. Uh, and, and then also, you know, as far as game selection, um, you know, I'm really loving those hundred man leagues. Uh, you okay. know, usually, you know, the, it's like a, starts off at five, ten, you know, twenty five dollar entries that you could do there. 
um, and you know really been having some good success with those. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a smaller group. You're not getting beat by that you know absolutely insane lineup. You can have a little bit of the chalk, and so I think it's important to sort of uh, you know mix those in as long along with the uh, the single entry games. Yeah, I've I've played a lot of the single entry games this year, and I kind of like those too. It uh, you don't have to you know score two hundred twenty points to win like you do in the big GBPs, and you know obviously the big GBPs are fun. You have that you have that daydream of hitting the big prize and and all that. So it's uh, it for me it's just kind of a, it's uh, I haven't mixed and matched as well as I should have. I've been a little too GPP heavy this year, and I'm going to try and um, kind of pull back on that a little bit the last uh, five or six weeks here, and as we get in the playoffs, and you know maybe hit a little more of the single entry, a little more a little more cash games, try and try and build the bankroll a little bit rather than going for the big score. Yeah, and that's my fault, probably, because uh, I think I'm being a little bit of a bad influence. And it's kind of funny how we've talked about it since the beginning of this season, how we've uh, sort of met in the middle where I'm a little bit more of a GPP guy and have been playing more cash. You're more of a you know solid uh, cash game guy playing a little bit more GPPs. So, um, you know, nice little rapport we have. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is the week. Yeah, you know, it's weird when you when you do get a big GPP score, it's hard to kind of go back to the way it was because you just uh, you know, you look at that uh, you look at the top of those uh, tournaments and you just kind of want to get back there, but it's uh, it's really tough with that many teams. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, th- this this Sunday slate looks uh, pretty bonkers. You got a, a whole 14 games, uh, an absolutely monster slate. Um, what do you think? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. We don't have a lot of uh, high scoring games. There's no over unders that are uh, that are above that are fifty or above the high. There's a couple forty eights in there. Uh, no bye weeks this week, so we've got like you said, fourteen games on the slate. Uh, we missed the Thursday game is Washington at Dallas, so we don't get to uh, play Dak Prescott for his zero touchdowns this week. Uh, Monday night uh, we get we miss Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, so we do miss uh, no Le'Veon Bell, no Antonio Brown. The slate, so okay, takes two of the uh, two of the higher salary guys off. Um, obviously a huge slate Good. with 14 games. Uh, yeah, no doubt. With 14 games, you know, you have more options. It takes more prep. There's less high percentage plays as guys kind of get spread out a little bit because there's more options. So uh, you know, it's one of those good weeks to really kind of dig in, figure out uh, who you really like because there's, there's a lot of possible plays and a lot of weirdly uh, kind of low over-under games. So you really have to mine into these games and figure out who you like. Um, let's start off with the uh, the 10 a.m. games. We have the Lions heading to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore, you know, kind of sneaking into the playoff race. Uh, started a little, uh, started well, then hit a slump, and now been playing a little better. They are fared by three at home against the Lions, over under a forty and a half. Uh, starting with the road team on the Lions here. Anybody that you think you're gonna be playing this week? Not really. I mean, I'm expecting this to be pretty much like a low scoring, defensively driven game. Uh, probably a score somewhere in the teens, maybe something like you know. 19 to 16 um, not really interested in any of the players on on either team in cash possibly a few gpp flyers uh for the most part i'm looking at the kickers and the defenses um you know stafford says his ankles getting better but either way i mean this baltimore defense that ranks number one in total dvoa and second behind jacksonville and past dvoa is just i don't know man not, not, not something i think i'm going to uh to go out of my way for yeah, it's funny. You look at Baltimore, and they they certainly have faced a ton of bad quarterbacks. You look at uh, you look at the list of quarterbacks that they faced, and it's it's kind of ugly. I mean, uh, Stafford's mm-hmm. on a nice run. He's got nine touchdowns over the last three games, multiple touchdowns in each game. Um, you know, it helps so much that they have zero running game. Abdullah and Theo Riddick don't do a lot of the backfield, so it's kind of all got to be Stafford. I mean, you look at the who the Ravens have faced. I mean, you got Tom Savage, Brett Hundley, Matt Moore, Trubisky, EJ Manuel. Uh, Bortles, Kevin Hogan, and Andy Dalton. I mean, they've, they've faced a lot of bad quarterbacks, but they have been really good. Uh, with so many games on the slate, I just think it's hard to pay 7700 for Stafford um, on the road going against this defense. Yeah, and you know, someone between Tate or Marvin Jones is probably going to score. 
Um, but either way, I mean, I'm just, you know, these limited, it's going to be limited scoring here, I believe. Just, you know, probably somebody like Ebron or Felsgill Vulture. See somebody like <laughs> Prater or Tucker, like pretty much leading in scoring. And, of course, Abdullah I won't touch in, in DFS with a 10-foot pole. But, uh, you know, Marvin Jones is interesting. Um, obviously has really come up over the last half season and uh, I believe has 100 yards uh, or or more in three of his last four games. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been really rolling uh, five touchdowns in the last four weeks, seven targets in all those games. And, and Golden Tate's been quiet. You've got uh, you know 39 yards combined the last two weeks. He did have 85, 85 plus yards in the previous four games. So it's maybe just a little bit of a lull. Um, you know, I think there'll be some Marvin Jones play. I think Golden Tate will be low percentage if you like him. But uh, strictly GPP guys for me. Uh, what about the Ravens side on their offense? Uh, there's pretty much nothing that I want this week. Yeah, no interest whatsoever in the pass game here. Uh, Joe Flacco is by far the worst Terrible. quarterback in the, in the game right now. Uh, <laughs> the only guy I actually would consider is the running back Alex Collins, just because he's so cheap. I mean, he's 5,900. The Lions are susceptible on the ground. They've allowed 14 rushing touchdowns, which is the highest mark in the NFL. And uh, Collins has got TDs in consecutive games. Uh, and some tweeted yesterday, he ran second behind only Mark Ingram. In terms of yards per carry uh, among running backs who have at least 100 carries, uh, of course, Alvin Kamara does not make that list. Uh, but yeah, 4.9 yards per carry, um, looking good. Obviously, you've got Woodhead and uh, Buck Allen, uh, a part of the passing game. But, uh, you know, Collins for FanDuel is someone that might work this price. Yeah, just a quick note on Collins. He was uh, held out of practice today due to a calf issue, so that's something to watch if you want to play him. But I do like him at the price. He's kind of the one guy that I guess I could see. Um, Justin Tucker always is good. I just I don't love kickers outdoors this time of year. I'd have to check the weather before I decide on him. But uh, pretty much uh, a stay away game for me for the most part. Maybe a little bit of Golden Tate and GPP. Uh, kind of my favorite play in this game, but I don't love a lot here. Uh, next up on the slate, the San Francisco 49ers, Scott's team, facing Jimmy, the Chicago Jimmy, Bears. Jimmy G in the house. It's a little Garoppolo time. I'm fired up. It's, yeah, a.k.a. Jimmy G week. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, we have the Niners. Uh, Chicago's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Says a lot about how well the Niners are not playing. Uh, over-under of only 40 in this game. Another low over-under. Um, on the 49ers side, Carlos Hyde is 7,000. Again, it's one of those guys, the volume's almost always there. If they're ahead or close, which is rare, he does run the ball a lot. If they're behind, which is, happens a lot, he does get a lot of catches. He's playing a ton of snaps. The whole Matt Breida thing is, is kind of gone now. Hyde's played a ton of snaps the last few weeks. Uh, Bears haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher, though, all year. Yeah, I mean, in general, this is not a pretty game on paper. Uh, I think they're look, but actually, there are a few DFS targets here worth considering. And honestly, I think that forty, oh, uh, that forty uh, over under feels just a touch low to me. Uh, Garoppolo is someone I'm actually considering this week. I mean, I typically try to stay away from cheap quarterbacks on Fanduel, um, but that's usually because these cheap QBs are pretty bad. And I don't think Garoppolo is bad, that is. Um, and as we know, Bears don't really give up big plays to opposing uh, receivers and quarterbacks, uh, but they can still be dinked and dunked upon. Uh, I think, the, of course, the main issue here is that, uh, you know, Jimmy G's lack of weapons really outside of Hyde and Goodwin. Yeah, I mean, that's my main issue with Garoppolo is I really like uh, what I've seen from him in the past. And obviously he came in last week and threw a touchdown, but that was kind of garbage time. But, you know, I just wish he had more guys to throw to. The receiving core is so, so bad right now with Pierre Garçon out for the year. 
Um, Marquise Goodwin's only 5,300. He's one of those guys that he's a GPP guy. He's such a boomer bust guy. He's going to get a couple deep balls. It's just a matter if he connects on those balls. I've said that, uh, you know, multiple times. You know, I just don't know if he has any sort of uh, chemistry yet with Garoppolo. It's, uh, you know, the other quarterbacks threw deep to him. I'm sure Garoppolo uh, will do the same to take a couple of shots. 68 plus yards in each of his last three games, but only seven total catches. He's just so reliant on that deep ball. Uh, not a cash play. The Bears have only allowed one 100-yard receiver all year. That was Antonio Brown in week one. He had uh, 10 catches for 110 yards. Yeah, I mean, Goodwin's in play, I think, for GPPs if you are Jimmy G. Uh, you know, obviously you're building multiple lineups. That's something you may want to consider. Um, you know, so we did mention, you did just mention about Antonio Brown being the only 100-yard receiver. There are two tight ends uh, that have dropped 100 yards on the Bears. And that was obviously we've discussed it here before. Austin Hooper, week one, part of a lot of that on a book and play. And then Zach Ertz last week, uh, I believe he had 116 yards. Um, but either way, like, I'm never going out of my way to target wide receivers and tight ends against fans defense. Um, but, you know, we can't forget Goodwin is damn fast. And I really don't think there's any way for Kyle Fuller and, and Prince of Kamara will really be able to keep up with him. So I think there's a, absolutely a chance that he can burn one deep. Yeah, so uh, that, that's definitely possible. What about on the Bears side? You know, Jordan Howard, 7,500, only had seven carries last week, but they were down 24 nothing at halftime, so that was a, you know, a big game script issue for him. Uh, don't think that'll be the case here. The Niners are not going to score that many points and it should be a close game, you know, three-and-a-half-point no. spread. You know, Howard's previous volume has been down. We, we talked a lot about him early in the season as kind of a volume guy that uh, you know really had the value because of how many times he touched the ball. 15 carries or less, three straight weeks. But the Niners can't stop the run. They're allowing the most FanDuel points per game to running backs in the NFL at 25.6 FanDuel points per game. Um, you know, really nice game script for Howard. Howard's someone in that mid-range of 7,500. I'm very interested in playing this week. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I do think that Jordan Howard is going to be somewhat popular among people that follow football and play FanDuel because, you know, despite, you know, even despite gaining those six yards and just seven carries last week, uh, it is a great game script for him. The Niners, uh, additionally, they've allowed the third most rushing yards in football and they rank 22nd in run defense DVOA. So um, he's almost always a better play on, on FanDuel than, than on other sites since he doesn't catch many passes. But uh, definitely interested in him. The other guy for me, uh, and he's cheap again is Dontrell Inman, and he's in play. We've been talking about him since, uh, you know, basically before he played his first game. We we talked yep. about him here on this podcast. That was all but you. I think he's in play. Yeah, I mean, I think he's in play against the shoddy pass defense. He, you know, he's just 4,900. Uh, he leads the Bears at 22 targets in his three games with them, and uh, I can see an absolute uh, possibility for using him in cash if you need a cheap receiver. Yeah, I mean, 22 targets the last three weeks, like you said, really active, you know, over 60 yards in two of those three games. And, uh, you know, the, the Niners' pass D is uh, – the stats look okay because they benefited from teams being ahead, um, running against them the whole second half. So I think it's a – at 4900 for Inman, it's a nice volume for the price. The other guy who I think is super sneaky will be low percentage this week and a GPP guy is Tariq Cohen. Uh, running backs catching the ball have killed the Niners this year. They rank really poorly against uh, running backs catching the ball in the backfield. He's only 5,300, obviously not a cash game play, but someone that I think might break a big play or two. And, uh, you know, if you can throw him in there at 5,300, if you need someone really cheap, uh, I think he might uh, He think he might break one. Obviously, the uh, there's, a, there's a really low floor on him because he doesn't play a ton, but uh, I think the ceiling's pretty good. I think he might score this week. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, I think he gave me like 1.7 uh, points in, <laughs> in a season long where I had to use him uh, last week. But uh, he, he, hey, that, he, is, that is definitely a risk. Yeah, so I can't take it personally, but uh, but absolutely in consideration. 
Um, so what about, lastly, what about the Bears' defense? They're 4,600, um, kind of that uh, that formula we like, a home favorite um, going against a quarterback. Obviously, Garoppolo's first start for the 49ers. He's had a couple starts for New England. Uh, you like the Bears' D at all this week? No, because I like Jimmy, and I think there are other right. defenses that I'm more interested in, so uh, probably not on the Bears for me, although I do prefer them at home. So moving to a really interesting game, we have the Vikings headed to Atlanta, two teams that are playing really well right now. Uh, the Falcons are fared by three, over under a 47.5, one of the uh, three or four highest totals of the game. Um, starting with the Vikings, Case Keenum, just balling right now, 280-plus yards in each of the last four weeks. He has 10 touchdowns in that stretch. Uh, you know, really has nice weapons. He has Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Kyle Rudolph's been coming on, too. He has a lot of guys to spread the ball around, to. Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield and catch the ball, too. Really nice game script, you know, a little bit of an underdog, high over under indoors. Uh, what are you doing with Case Keenum this week? 7,600, are you playing him? He's in the conversation for sure. Right. I think he has been every week. And, uh, you know, I mean, to me, I think this is going to be a very fun game. I think there are plenty of DFSers are going to be targeting this one for both cash and GPPs. Um, but to me, honestly, the conversation starts with Adam Thielen, who's been just one of the most consistent receivers this year. I mean, Crazy. He is the fourth price. Yeah, I mean, he's the fourth priciest receiver on the board, but he's been seeing an average of 11 targets over his last six games. And that's particularly impressive because Stefan Diggs has been at full health over the last few weeks. Uh, Falcon slot cornerback Brian Poole was he was knocked out of the game last week with a lower back injury. So, you know, if Poole doesn't play it upgrades stealing even more. And, uh, you know, especially if he's working against a backup corner. So I like it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you look at the you look at the targets and that you mentioned 11 targets the last 6 weeks, but you look at it, you know, it's 13, 12, 10, 12, 9, 11, just so consistent. Not like it's an 18 in there with a couple fours. I mean, just every week they're yeah. throwing him the ball over and over, over 85 yards in each of the last 4 games, three touchdowns in that stretch. He's on only 7800 too. You know, he's gone up in price, but not a huge amount. As one of the top receivers in the game, it's hard hard not to like him in a game that could become a shootout. And, you know, Diggs could be interesting as well if uh, Des Desmond Trufant misses the game. Um, I do believe that he is uh, still in protocol. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, even if Trufant plays, I mean, Trufant's been a lot better over the last few weeks. But, uh, you know, I, I think we're possibly on the precipice of another Diggs explosion. And, and, and this might be the week. So I'm, uh, I'm interested there as well. Keenum Thielen Diggs week. Yeah, I really like Diggs as a player. One of my favorite receivers to watch. Just he just hasn't gotten the ball very much. Twenty-four targets in the last four weeks since he came back from his injury. Hasn't topped eighty-five yards in that stretch. He has under thirty-five yards twice. Um, obviously, super talented. Desmond Trufant injuries is a big thing there. He did not practice today um, after seeing that concussion last week. So um, Diggs is still seven thousand. So I don't think you're gonna get a lot of ownership on that at that price. I think people are a little bit frustrated by him. Could be a, could be a sneaky low percentage guy if uh, he finally breaks out a little bit. And, you know, on the Falcon side of the ball, I think the conversation again here begins with Julio Jones, who will likely be shadowed by Xavier Rhodes. And, you know, obviously we don't usually worry too much about matchup when we're talking about guys like Julio and Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown. Um, but, I mean, you know, what, what can we really take from this two-game sample with Rhodes on Julio? Um, you know, in one of those games, Rhodes held Julio to just two catches on 23 yards in his coverage. Uh, Julio ended up with, you know, eight for 87 in that game. And this is back in 2014, you know, so got to take that with a grain of salt. And uh, in another game in 2015, he caught just five of seven targets for 56 yards. And so I do think Xavier Rhodes is going to be up for this challenge. They, they've been talking all week about it. Um, you know, Xavier's going to be pumped up for it. And uh, I think it does curtail Julio's upside just a little bit. So 
curious what you think of that situation. I know you're not the uh, the wide receiver cornerback lover that I am. I'm not. And with you know someone like Julio, I don't pay a ton of attention to that. But when you're trying to figure out the guys at the very top end and you can only play one or two of them, you know, that starts to matter a little bit. And Xavier Rhodes is obviously really good. Um, by all accounts, he's going to be shadowing him this week. So, yeah, I think I think the way you said it right is I think it limits his ceiling a little bit. You know, obviously off the huge explosion game, his price went up to 8600 um, I think that there's going to be other receivers a little bit cheaper that like more than Julio this week. But indoors, um, you know, it's uh, you always like that. The uh, you know, Obviously, that it, that helps his speed a lot. Um, what about Matt Ryan, though? You know, he's been uh, – he obviously uh, had a good game last week, but one of the touchdowns to Julio was thrown by Mohamed Sanu, so he lost that touchdown there. Uh, Matt Ryan's only been over 300 yards twice all year. Would you believe he doesn't have a three-touchdown game all year yet? Uh, yes, I can believe it. After last year's insane season and then that playoff loss, you knew he was due yep. for some uh, another little bad run here. Uh, yeah, you know, I liked Matt Ryan last week. I paired him up with Julio on some teams, uh, but not this week for me. Um, typically I just don't attack, uh, this Vikings defense usually with the run or, or the pass. And so, uh, probably not for me. I think there are too many other quarterbacks in play. Uh, and the one thing I'll mention, Devonte Freeman, uh, is looking like he's going to play. He's out of concussion protocol, beginning to practice again. Uh, but again, I'm less interested this week, uh, against this eighth ranked Vikings run defense. Yeah, I played uh, I played a good amount of Tevin Coleman last last week and that worked out. But I think I stay away from the Falcons running backs. I think they'll uh, I think they're gonna split carries with Freeman back. You got to figure he's they're gonna ease him in a little bit. Coleman should get some work. Also played really well last week. Had 97 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, no one's run a run for over 65 yards in the Vikings in the last six weeks. Yeah, and and, and honestly, you know, on this Atlanta side, I mean, the best matchup on the board is anytime anyone's up against uh, Trey Wayans. Uh, but this week, it's most, you know, obviously Julio is going to try to, they're going to try to, uh, Sarkis is going to try to scheme Julio into some of that Trey Wayans coverage. Um, but mostly it'll probably be Taylor Gabriel on him. And Gabriel just, you know, it, he, he isn't as useful as he was last year when we actually used him in DFS. Uh, I don't think I've used him once this year. I don't, I don't think I will again this week. Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of in the same boat there. Any interest in Muhammad Sanu? Maybe he'll throw on the touchdown pass? Uh, possibly. Yeah. If, if that counts for me, that'll work. But, uh, yeah, he'll be in the slot up against Terrence Newman, who, uh, sort of falls in, um, middle, uh, middle ground in terms of, uh, slot coverage. He's, uh, uh, still a pretty solid defender. So not too particularly jazzed about Sanu this week. I do like, uh, I do like both kickers in this game and a high scoring, uh, indoors game. Mm-hmm. I think Matt Bryant is a good play this week and Ty Forbath, um, two of my favorite kickers this week. Moving on to the next game, an AFC East battle. Uh, the powerful New England Patriots headed to Buffalo. Uh, New England's favored by 8.5, over-under of 48.5, some places 49. So uh, I think it's the highest over-under of, on the board this week. Uh, I don't know. There's not much more to say about Tom Brady. Uh, he's just so darn good. 9,300, though, so really high-priced. But 10 touchdowns the last three weeks. He's on a major roll right now. Yeah, I mean, Brady's expensive again, as he is every week, but he's just so damn reliable. I mean, especially yep. for cash games. I mean, if you're able to find value plays you like on giving we- given weeks, he's hitting over 2x consistently. Like, you don't need, you know, with a quarterback to really hit 3x. You just really just don't want to bust. You don't want a guy like right. Jacoby Brissett did to me last week and gave me eight points, you know. <laughs> and he leads all quarterbacks and passing yards by almost 400 over Kirk Cousins, wow. who ranks second. And only Carson Wentz has thrown more touchdown passes than him this year, and I think by, it's by only one. And so the Bills rank 11th against the pass, but, you know, you sort of throw that all out the window when you're talking about a guy like Brady. I mean, it's it's similar to, like, LeBron James in NBA DFS, where, like, de- defense first position doesn't really matter for the league's top stars. Uh, yeah, that's very true. My only issue, potentially, with Brady is maybe the game script. They are yep, fair by yep. eight and a half, but... 
you know, ten, it, with the Patriots, it doesn't really matter that much. They don't take Brady out. They don't really uh, they don't really go off the gas pedal as much as most teams do. You know, they maybe if they get inside the five, they'll run the ball with Burkhead or Deion Lewis. But um, you know, a little bit of game script issue. Maybe they uh, maybe they uh, ease back a little bit in the second half, but not something the Patriots usually do. Uh, what about the Patriots running backs? We've talked many times about how we just don't trust Belichick with that. But I tell you what, Deion Lewis is really a good football player. He's man. Uh, he's been really awesome since fully replaced him with Gillis Lee. Uh, and he's one of the only few backs in the league that's averaging over five yards per carry, you know, you know over 100 yards again last week. Uh, the thing here is, is that uh, Rex Burkhead, he seems to be the guy getting the goal line carries and Belichick loves him. And by the way, give me a little bit of props for, for last week's, um, uh, uh, the chalk, previous chalk fail and Burkhead came through. I played him on most of my lineups and, uh, he ended up working out. Just a quick props. Just something, anything. No, that was uh, that was good. I, I you know, Burke only fifty nine hundred this week. Uh, it's just so tough because with the amount of touches he gets, he only played twenty eight snaps, thirteen carries, two catches. He's just so reliant on scoring touchdowns, which they seem to be using him when they get inside the five. But I just, it's tough for me to play a guy that if they don't get inside the five, it's gonna be really tough for him to get value. No, no, I was just asking for props for last week. Uh, about this week, oh, you can you can uh, have no, as I, many you can have as many. Pro- I already gave you Dontrell Inman props. That's not enough. Uh, no, no, one per game, please. No, no. Uh, only thing I see here is um, can't totally see uh, Belichick uh, suiting up Gillisley just to troll them with a with a touchdown or two against his old team. No, I think uh, I think the Mike Gillisley era is dead in New England. Okay, uh, he might that be a surprise act. We'll see. Um, what about Cooks and Gronk? We talked about the running backs. Uh, you know, what do you do? We talked about how good Brady is. What do you do with the uh, receivers in this game? Obviously, Chris Hogan is still out, so that is is really good for Brandon Cooks. Uh, you you feel a Cooks week or a Gronk week this week? Uh, Gronk, it's Gronk right. week. Uh, he's in he's in play despite the high price. Um, and I really hate to go by this, but but first of all, it's a, it's a, it's a hometown narrative. He is from Buffalo. And, uh, you know, just this insane history against the Bills. I mean, he's got six games against them that he's played, seven touchdowns, averaging over 90 yards a game and over five receptions a game against him. Just a really nice spot. He, he, he you know, I think it's a good, a good matchup for him, sort of a, a homecoming. And, you know, he really can't not like Cooks as well. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll likely match up with uh, EJ Gaines, which I, I guess is a pretty fair matchup. But, uh, you know. And the Bills do rank 30th in DVOA against number one wide receivers. Um, but to me, if I had to choose, I'm probably going to pay up for Gronk. How about you? Yeah, it's just a tough one. I have to, I'll have i probably have to look at uh, roster can, how I build my rosters. And Gronk at 8,100 is so much different than all most of the other tight ends. So it just depends if you like cheaper tight ends. Gronk is always dangerous. He had two touchdowns last week against the Dolphins. He's just so good. He's such a difference maker in that position. Uh, I love Brandon Cooks, though. He's still 7,600. They have not moved him up. Um, you know, six catches a game in the last three weeks on 27 targets. Really, uh, really getting a big part of that offense with Hogan out. Um, he scored the last two weeks. I think Cooks has the biggest, the bigger upside of the two. But obviously, I think Gronk has a better floor. I think he's just going to be so involved. But wide receiver ones, like you said, have really smoked the Bills lately. Uh, Keenan Allen had 152 yards and two touchdowns a couple weeks ago. Michael Thomas had nine catches for a buck 17 week before that. Uh, the Chiefs did nothing against him last week, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw that out because Alex, Alex Smith looks terrible right now. But uh, I like Cooks again. I, I love Cooks every week, but 7,600, going to have a lot of Cooks this week for me. Hey, my, my, my season-long hopes you, hopes you are correct, my friend. Uh, what about I'm, on the I'm, Bills I'm side? I'm rooting for you there too. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Uh, what about the Bills side? I mean um, – I kind of do, you know, you, you wonder, you, you can't just always assume that, uh, 
you know, a, a game where you expect a team to be trailing that that team is actually going to put up um, some points and put together, you know, garbage time yards and scores and all that. And especially against the New England defense, that's really been pretty solid over the last six weeks. Um, but, you know, I kind of am interested a bit in Tyrod in this potential negative game script. The issue here is, I mean, just not a lot of upside unless he's running and uh, and getting in with, you know, getting those six points as a, for a rushing TD because he rarely ever tops 200 yards passing. Yeah, I just don't have enough upside when I see it with Tyrod. You know, he's got to be he's got to get 60 yards and a rushing touchdown or two to really pay off. The guy I really like on that offense right now just because of the price is Zay Jones. He's only 4,500 on Fandle this week, 24 targets last week. That amount of volume for 4,500 is something we rarely see um, on any of these slates. He has 7, 7, and 10 targets the last three weeks. Hasn't done a ton with them yardage-wise, but does have a couple touchdowns last three weeks. Really good game script if they get behind. Should be throwing a lot the second half. Um, Kelvin Benjamin's listed as day-to-day, but he has a torn meniscus. I really have a hard time seeing him uh, getting it out and playing this week. Uh, Zay Jones seems way underpriced to me. I'm interested, especially with no Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, Zay Jones did come through. I did play him on a couple of uh, a, a couple of this. Play, played him over on DK. Um, he's interesting for sure. Is that, and, is that you? Is just, that you wanting more props? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say, you know, Jordan Matthews. Um, it's kind of funny. As soon as they sort of traded him off, the Eagles just became good all of a sudden, and, and maybe it's just. It all has something to do with Jordan Matthews and, and the aura that's, around. Him. That's not surprising. My life became better when I broke up with Jordan Matthews too. <laughs> uh, what about McCoy? I mean, you know, I always love McCoy. I always try to find a reason to play him. Um, I'm not too worried about him not being involved if the Bills are way down. Um, you know, that, that Pat's uh, ranking third worst in run defense DVOA is probably a little bit skewed because they have been better. Uh, and McCoy, of course, could break off some big runs. He's going to be under 10 percent. People are going to be afraid of him uh, to get burned by him. Is he in the conversation among those pricey running backs? He always is, especially because if they do get behind, he could get a lot of catches. They tend to throw the ball at him a lot when they're behind. I, my only concern is, uh, you know, Bill Belichick game planning this game. I think that uh, McCoy is easily the only really the, the weapon on Buffalo you're really scared of that can really beat you. I just wonder how much Belichick keys on him and tries to make sure that he's not the one that beats them. Can he just just switch up the game like that whole strategy one time and just be like, I'm I'm going to stop Nick O'Leary. Just can't do that, right? <laughs> Nick O'Leary is not going to beat me this week. What about uh, what about Charles Clay? Um, had 60 yards last week. Another guy that game script kind of works for him. You know, they should be throwing a ton the second half. Tyrod likes to check it down to him, especially when they're behind. Um, only 11 targets last week, which worries me a little bit. But Clay at 5,500 um, could be an interesting play, especially if they're behind. Yeah, you know, he's he's had this degenerate degenerative knee issue, uh, you know, dating back quite a while. And, uh, you know, always takes in limited practices. And that's what's happening again this week. Um Sort of some maintenance work on Wednesday, uh, dealing with a knee issue. Um, you know, I loved how Charles Clay started off the year. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, he was Tyrod's boy going off. And, um, yeah, I mean, since he's been back, just really hasn't uh, done much over the last three weeks. He's averaging basically about five fantasy points. And so he's 100% off the radar. But uh, if you look at the way that this game might go, um, uh, Charles Clay might be the only playable guy on the Bills team. I feel like the two of us ruined uh, Charles Clay's season. We owned him in the Stopa Law Firm draft, and everybody we owned there uh, pretty much broke their leg in the second week. So uh, I feel like it's kind of our fault. I feel like we owe him an apology. Yeah, and so if anybody listening want to blame us for David Johnson, you could probably do that as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the blame for C.J. Anderson also while we're at it. Um, yeah. Moving on to the C.J. Anderson game, we have uh, Denver at Miami. 
Uh, I found this interesting. I don't think I've ever seen this. There is no one in this game that's priced over 7000 on FanDuel. Um, uh, kind of wild. Nice, nice find. Yeah, so I, I was really surprised. I've never seen a game where not even a quarterback or, or anybody's over, over 7000 Denver's fared by one, an ugly over-under of 38.5. Um, we're going back to Trevor Simeon this week. Paxton Lynch was bad and then got hurt. Uh, is there anybody on the Broncos side of the ball uh, that you like this week? I mean, it's a pretty gross game for all intents and purposes, um, but I do think there could be some DFS targets worth considering here. Uh, you know, obviously, Simeon, like you mentioned, Simeon's drawing the start now. Um, yes, I did play uh, Paxton Lynch over on DK, where he was uh, only 4,400, is about as cheap as you could get, and I, and basically I got what I paid for. Uh, but now, uh, sort of reverse props there. Uh, but now, you know, he's sidelined, and we know full well what a lackluster secondary Dolphins uh, team has. And a guy like Xavier Howard is usually a typical whipping boy for us. And so, um, you know, Mandy Sanders, you know, Sanders is another week removed from a lower injury. Uh, Simeon sort of has seemingly favors him slightly over Thomas. But again, you you know, sort of drawing straws there, um, I guess. Uh, I'd consider both, to be honest. I don't have a strong lean, whether Sanders 6,500 or, or Demary 6,700 is, uh, is more interesting to me. Yeah, I think I like Demarius a little more. I just like the amount of targets he gets. He has 46 targets the last five weeks, uh, three touchdowns the last five weeks. Yeah, you know, I kind of throw the Paxton Lynch game out there. Uh, he had five for 18 last week and eight targets. A horrible game, but I'm going to blame Paxton Lynch for that. Uh, Miami's given up 80-plus uh, yards and three touchdowns to receivers the last three weeks. They've been only getting beat by wide receiver ones. Uh, I think I like Demarius. At 6,700, he's a guy that, uh, you know, I'll play in some spots. Not going to have a ton of exposure to, but, uh, you know, definitely have him in a few lineups. I think that uh, at the worst part, at least he's going to get a lot of looks. Yeah, and Demarius is going to get more. Uh, he typically, you know, obviously the guys, uh, you know, switch up where, where they line up and all, but Demarius Thomas probably will see more of that Xavier Howard coverage uh, lining up primarily on the left side. And uh, Manny, Emmanuel Sanders will see uh, Cordea Tankersley, who uh, actually is giving up more fantasy points per route than Howard, surprisingly. So uh, what about the running situation? I mean, it's a little murky. It sucks for uh, Devontae Booker, chalk eaters last week, who uh, had his 20-yard touchdown reception taken away from them last Sunday. Um, you know, obviously, I think it goes without saying, C.J. Anderson, both in season long and in uh, DFS, is, is pretty much toast. I think we've known that for quite some time, that Booker's been the more efficient back. And new offensive coordinator Bill Musgrave has been raving about him. So, um, you know, we didn't see that significant volume last week, but uh, you think we might see an uptick this week against the Dolphins for Devontae Booker. Yeah, I like Devontae Booker as a player, but I think I'm just going to stay away from the, the Broncos running backs right now. You know, low over under, kind of an ugly game. Uh, not uh, not a place I'm going to go for uh, for running backs this week. Uh, Dolphins, any interest here? Uh, any any of the guys in the pass attack? You've got uh, Kenyon Drake with uh, Damian Williams, I believe, hurt his shoulder and will be out for a while. Uh, who do you like on this Dolphins team? Yeah, not a lot. Uh, you know, I know that the the Broncos uh, pass defense, uh, you know, really good early in the year has been just been terrible lately. I think you know 12 passing touchdowns the last four weeks. So, you know, Jarvis Landry's in play. He gets a ton of targets always. He's under 7,000. I don't like Jay Cutler back for him. Uh, I like Matt Moore more for, for Landry and for Kenny Stills. But, um, you know, still no wide receiver over 100 yards against the Broncos. So uh, probably not a play I'm really going to go with. I think Landry's priced well, but uh, there's just a lot more running uh, wide receivers I like more. Kenyon Drake's interesting with Damian Williams out, like you mentioned. Um, he doesn't have double-digit carries in any game all year, but that should change this week. Really bad the last couple of weeks, though. 16 carries for 24 yards. Really ugly. Played well in weeks 9 and 10, though. I think he's a guy that... 5,800 uh, could be – has a really low floor but could hit a big play. I think you're going to have to hit a 50-yard run in order for him to pay off. 
Yeah, so for the most part, uh, running backs against Broncos, not really interested. Uh, the one thing I'll mention, um, you know, every, uh, keep the leave is, is he's suspended for just one game, and that game is this week, right? Right, that is correct. He will not be okay. playing this week. Okay, so, um, and I'm not putting this in the same context of Rex Burkhead, who, you know, is obviously a guy that gets goal line carries, but Kenny Stills was the chalk last week coming off a monster game. Uh, what was it, like 160 and two touchdowns, um, and completely disappointed, just like it happens in football every single week. People chase the chalk and they fail. So, of course, no one's going to be on Kenny Stills this week. Kenny Stills is probably the guy um, who has the best matchup of the group with Tlaib out. It's going to be somebody or or something named Brendan Langley in uh, coverage (laughs) uh, against him. So just something to consider there. It's also nice that Stills knows he can wear his gold chain without fear of it getting stolen, too. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't have to tape it this week. What about uh, what about the uh, the Broncos defense? Uh, they've been really quiet, really bad lately as a as a fancy play. Uh, I kind of like them this week. I think they'll be low percentage. I think they'll be sneaky. Uh, they do get Jay Cutler, which uh, you know always uh, has a tendency to throw the ball to the other team. Miami gave up seven sacks last week. They have eight turnovers the last two weeks. This offense is a mess right now. I wonder if Denver might finally uh, might finally step up and have a big game this week in fantasy. Possibly. Uh, I can definitely I, I can see that like because it's Jay Cutler, like I can see his face like, oh, great. I'm playing, <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I mean, he, did he play for them? He did play for them. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and, so this is no revenge game. It's like quite the opposite. You know, the guy like is, is literally checked out. He, he's got paid. He just needs to get through a few more weeks and he can go back to uh, broadcasting or, you know, whatever it is he, he wants to do. And so, yeah, man, he's just going to be smoking cigarettes on the field and probably get sacked a bunch of times. So, uh, yeah, I'm aboard with Denver. All right. Moving on to the next game. We have a, a battle in the AFC South. The Houston Texans headed to Nashville to face the Titans. Um, Tennessee playing well right now. They tied Jacksonville for the uh, division lead last week, both seven and four. Tennessee's fared by seven and a half, over under 42 and a half. Um, on the Texans side, I tell you what, DeAndre Hopkins, he's 8,000 this week. He just keeps finding a way. He's got a horrible quarterback in Tom Savage, but they just feed the heck out of him. 49 targets the last four weeks. Doesn't it make you wonder what DeAndre Hopkins' uh, uh, numbers would look like if you know if you were quarterback? <laughs> uh, if I were I mean, quarterback, he'd be balling. He'd be the number one receiver by far. I got a gun. <laughs> I, I imagine from your your Stanford days. Yeah, I mean Hopkins is just a monster and, and a tar- target monster, really. I mean, even with Savage throwing it at him, he's a cash consideration uh, every each and every week. You know, he's caught he caught seven of ten targets for 125 yards last week in a tough matchup on Monday night against the Ravens and he has a pretty solid history against the Titans at least 100 receiving yards in each of his last two games against them uh, of course that was Deshaun Watson and last year it was Brock Osweiler throwing to him but uh yeah I mean he's one of my top uh, cash game options this week you know looking at guys like him and and Thielen where you pretty much know you know un- unless the absolute madness occurs you're going to get at least double digit points Here's a crazy stat on Hopkins. Every game this year, he's either had 70 yards or scored. He has not had a game all year. We didn't have one of those two stats. Yeah, it's, it screams cash game play. But yeah, that's that's interesting. That's that's a pretty good stat considering he's been throwing at the ball. Lately. Yeah, you don't get uh, you don't get many wide receivers at that level of consistency. So he is priced up. He's eight thousand. He's you know he's fully priced. But um, like you said, a good game script too. The you know seven point underdogs are going to throw the ball a lot in the second half. Um, you got to like Hopkins this week. He's hard not to play uh, most weeks. What about on the uh, Tennessee side of the ball? Um, I still like Delaney Walker. He finally got his receiving touchdown last week. 
His price bumped up a little bit. He's at 6,400, but amazing consistency for Delaney. Over 60 yards in each of the last five weeks, 38 targets in that stretch. Um, you're not going to get many tight ends with a, that good of a floor price down this low. Yeah, I mean, Delaney's in the conversation every week. I mean, you know, in general, I mean, this is a game that doesn't really look really pretty when you look at it on paper, but, you know, despite the low over under here, 42 and a half last I looked, I mean, there could really be some DFS goodness. I mean, you've got two teams that are really strong against the run and extra weak against the pass. And so can potentially, you know, and, and especially if Lamar Miller is out, you've got Alfred Blue running. This could be a, uh, end up being sort of a, a higher pace game and possibly put all these pass catchers in play. And so, yeah, that does include Delaney Walker. Uh, Rashard Matthews did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, hope he does so that he could play in this game. So I guess my question to you is what do you do with somebody like Mariota, who obviously has got a really nice matchup here, but sort of seems to have regressed a little bit. Um, just, you know, hasn't been running very well. Um, you know, Corey Davis hasn't looked too good. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think you and I have both avoided that chalky Corey Davis the last two weeks. Um, you know, besides Delaney, would you game stack something like this with Mariota at the helm? I just wouldn't. I don't think Mariota's done enough. And the, the big thing concern to me is the, is the running game. He doesn't run anymore. He has five of the last six weeks where he's under he's under 10 yards rushing. So that's kind of yeah. totally out the window. And he needs that to be really good. Um, he doesn't have more than two touchdowns combined in any game this year. I just I don't think the upside's there. He hasn't done anything this year that makes me think that I want to play him as my one quarterback in, in, a, in a lineup. Yeah, and so I think we can sort of uh, step away from here with, with uh, you know, the thought that uh, Delaney Walker and, and um, DeAndre Hopkins are interesting and that, you know, with the running backs, I mean, obviously I would love for Derrick Henry to get all the targets. I mean, you know, I, I, I pretty much saw the same stat that you were talking telling me about this morning, how DeMarco Murray, even though he's catching pass, passes and, and scoring the occasional touchdown – He's gained just 19 uh, yards over his last two games, which is on 20 carries, which is pretty, pretty hard to do. He looks uh, he looks fully done to me. I just uh, there's going to be a game where they just go away from him and go to Derrick Henry. It's just hard to figure out when to time that game. But there's going to be the Derrick Henry game. It's coming. He's taking over. I just don't know if they're fully ready for it yet. That's about it for me on this one. Any interest in the Tennessee defense in, in in FanDuel? They broke out big time last week. They had been struggling with sacks. They had eight sacks against the Colts. Um, you know, home favorite at home, like I said, against Tom Savage. Houston has multiple turnovers in four of the last five games. Could be an interesting spot for Tennessee here. It could be. They're, they're 4,700. I think what it comes down to is uh, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are seem really underpriced to me um, in their matchup at home. And so uh, at 4,600, I'm more likely to pay for than Tennessee, who pretty much, you know, their, their high of Fandle points scored this year is, is 12, and I'm not quite sure they're going to be able to go over that mark because they're going to need one of those uh, uh, defensive touchdowns, uh, you know, pick six to make it happen, and they don't have one yet this year. Before we get on to the next uh, game, a quick read from our sponsor, FanDuel.com. Fancy football fans, football is in full swing, which means FanDuel is in full swing also. FanDuel is fancy football for everyday fans. There are new contests starting every week. No busted seasons here at FanDuel. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from. Lots of different kinds of contests. Starting at just $1, moving all the way up. Just pick a contest, choose your lineup, and watch your score in real time. Uh, FanDuel takes uh, takes on a big importance this time of the year as, as season-long leagues are ending. If you've missed your playoffs, this is the time to jump in right now. Uh, you get to play a new lineup every week and keep the fantasy football season going. There are over 2.5 million players of one playing a, won a cash for, prize playing on FanDuel. 
To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million. Offers more than $1 million in cash prizes. That's all with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. Um, moving on to the next game, an interesting game. Kansas City struggling right now, moving to the Jets. Kansas City's fair by four and a half. I think they're fared by too much. I don't like the can't wait Kansas City's playing at all right now. Over under a 44, starting on the Kansas City side. Um, so what do you do with Kareem Hunt? We talked earlier a little bit about how he really let us down last week. Um, hasn't scored in a long time. Not only hasn't scored, but has not been gaining a lot of yards. Uh, what do you do with, with Kareem Hunt this week? Are you fully off now? No, I'm on. I'm back on, man. That's how I roll, you know. Um, you I am, can call me I absolutely am, I am insane. Fully, I'm fully off. I'm done with Kareem Hunt oh. for right now. Okay, no, that's and and that's fair. I think most, you know, that's probably the uh, the sort of the more astute call. But uh, I am a little crazy, and I think I'm going to go back to him, especially at a super decreased uh, price here. Uh, you know, after having busted as the chalk the last two weeks and having four straight games of under ten Fanduel points, but you know, similar to like to, to, to Burkhead, for example, last week, I love rolling out talented players who are chalk busts at cheaper salaries when everybody hops off bandwagon and you know. Especially you're looking at the situation where the Jets are pretty much middle of the pack against the run. You know, with them at home, I think most people are just going to kind of look at this as a tough matchup for Hunt and be like, you know, why are you know why would he even get another you know uh, chance at 15 plus carries? But I do think they're going to sort of get him back involved in this game. Um, I do think it's going to be a slower pace game here. Kansas City's been playing at a snail's pace, um, so uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know. There's just something for me about it when everybody's off. Um, I think he might do a little something this week. Yeah, a lot to be said for that. And I just, I, I think I've watched him a bunch the last three weeks. So he was 9,000 three weeks ago. Now he's 6,900 this week. So you're right about the price being way down. But I just don't like what I see. And it's not just the volume. I don't like the way he's running right now. Uh, he had a couple of good runs against the Giants, but against Dallas and Buffalo, he looked bad to me. Uh, he only had one target last week. They're using Charkandic rest when they throw the ball to running backs. I just, I'm moving away from from Hunt right now. I want to watch a couple games, see how he looks the next couple games before I come back to him. The guy I really like in this game is actually Tyree Kill, another guy that's been super quiet lately. Um, he's made one big play since week seven. That was that weird, like, kind of fake Hail Mary against the Cowboys. Um, I wonder if he's finally under 7,000. Alex Smith is hurting him right now. He's really struggling. But I just wonder if he might be finally due. The Jets passed. He's allowed an amazing nine different receivers to go over 70 yards in the last seven weeks. Wide receivers have been killing them. Uh, I kind of like Tyreek Hill this week. I think he might finally be low percent. Yeah, he's yeah he he has been uh, uh, you know not chalky, but you've definitely seen some some ownership on him the last couple of weeks. And another guy that's going to be sort of off the radar. So um, yeah, I I like it. He's going to be uh, tied up with uh, the the best corner on, that the Jets have to offer, and that's Morris Claiborne, who's actually a, a top ten corner um, this year. And uh, yeah, I mean. You know, him and then Kelsey, for example, I mean, you know, the, the Jets are in bottom eight against tight ends. And, you know, Kelsey has an opportunity to basically eat, eat every week. I don't think this is really any different. Um, you know, my only concern again, and I don't know, it, does this stuff even matter to you, these extreme home road splits? So Kelsey's averaging basically like five more fan points at home than on the road. Is this something that you look at or you're looking at the specific game? And, you know, what do you do something like that? With a, with a tight end, probably uh, not very much. The thing that jumps out to me on Kelsey is you kind of think of him as a kind of a solid cash play guy, but he's been really up or down this year. He has five games where he has 40 yards or fewer, and he has five games where he's over 95 yards. So it's been like he seemed like he's been a fantastic or really a letdown 
every week. There's been very little middle-of-the-road weeks for Kelsey this year. And speaking of below the road, it's when he's on the road. If you look at a lot of those games, <laughs> it's when he's on the road. <laughs> uh, what yeah, about I mean, the, the Jets side? I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that the Jets have given up six touchdowns to tight end, but only one guy's over over 60 yards. That was Gronkowski. So they've given up some touchdowns, but they haven't really been uh, been torched by tight ends. Uh, I'll let you go on the Jets side first then. Uh, anybody you like on this side? I, I know uh, I know your boy Robbie Anderson's got to be in the mix. Oh, man. My boy Dude, Robbie Anderson, awesome. who I don't – yeah, I love the guy last year. Um, even had him on a, a, an important team where I could use him now. Where uh, dropped him early in the season after a couple of weeks, where I was just sort of, you know, going through waiver ads, and so I'm really regretting that now. I mean, he's really the guy that sticks out each and every week. Josh McCown loves him. Um, he has a, a great rapport with him, and he's up to five straight games with a touchdown, including yep. that 145-yard two touchdown performances uh, performance last week. So, is that something you're buying back in on? It's hard not to. I mean, the price has gone up, though. He's at 7,200, but 10 targets last week. So not only is he getting the deeper balls, but he's also getting a lot of looks now. Um, KC's allowed a league-leading 16 touchdowns to wide receivers, a massive number. They've allowed the six mm-hmm. most passing yards in the NFL. Um, you know, it's hard to keep going back to the guy, but we could have said that three weeks ago, and we kept going back. He's he's just really good. I mean, you watch the plays, and he's making great catches. That first touchdown he had last week was a fantastic catch over two guys. He got his feet down in the back of the end zone. Um, yeah, 7,200 is a little steep for Robbie Anderson, but uh, I think you got to ride him until uh, until he goes away. Yeah, and the other thing is, I think I think some people you, 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 they got to remember that this is now the new Anderson. Like he's worth that because of what he's been doing. He's just a player that's broke, essentially broke has broken out this year, and he's a really talented guy. He's really really fast, and you know it, it's working really well. The one thing I wanted to ask you, um, have you watched much of Marcus Peters this year? Because I really haven't. Um, Haven't heard a lot of hype about him this year. Obviously, the Chiefs uh, defense uh, secondary has not been as strong, but that's mostly people going after Philip Gaines and Steven Nelson in the slot. But that's pretty much who Anderson is going to be tied up with. Does that uh, change things for you at all? Not especially. I think they're going to definitely go to him. I think they're going to still use him. But uh, yeah, I just the the one thing with me on him is the price. That when you get to seventy two hundred, there's a lot of a uh, lot of really good receivers in that range. So I'm gonna have to figure out if I like Anderson enough to play him at seventy two hundred. But uh, I'm not too worried about the cornerbacks. I think that they're going to still use him. I think that the uh, the KC passing defense just kind of sucks right now. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't see much not to like about Robbie Anderson aside from the the bump in price. Yeah. Anything else for you here? Same nope. anything like that, you know, triumvirate of uh, if you can even call that of uh, of running backs. Uh, just absolutely no interest, in, I don't even know if Forte is even healthy. Uh, yeah, Forte is supposed to play, but who knows what happens there? I'm not interested in any of them. Uh, I guess the only other guy would be Josh McCown, but I just think there's other quarterbacks I like more. He's up to 7,700 price too, so he's fully priced now. He's been he's been the low 7,000s for uh, the last few weeks. 7,700. I think there'll be other quarterbacks I just like more. All right, let's go to uh, Indian Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville uh, fared by 9.5, over-under of only 41, so that'll tell you how many uh, points Indianapolis is expected to score in this game. Um, T.Y. Hilton, 7,000. I'm not going to play him against the secondary. He's too up and down anyway. I mean, he's just so extreme with everything he does. But against the secondary, there's no way I'm going with that one. The only guy in play for me on the Indy side is maybe Jack Doyle at 5,700 at tight end. Um, seven catches in Seven-plus catches in three of his last four games. Not just targets, but catches. Um, you know, the wide receivers probably going to get shut down a little bit. A lot of check downs to Doyle, especially they're behind in this game. I like him a lot in a PPR site. If you're playing on uh, playing on DraftKings, uh, you know, uh, if you get a point per catch, uh, obviously helps Doyle a lot. Great game script. Um, I don't know. He's probably the only guy that I'd even consider in this game on the indie side. 
Yeah, my my uh, I'm pretty much hashtag nope on, on, <laughs> on Indianapolis this week. Uh, you know what, though? It is interesting. The Jags actually do have uh, about four key injuries on their defense. And, and you saw last week was the first week where they didn't absolutely smash. And uh, Jalen Ramsey not being around, I think, had definitely something to do with that. Um, I'm not sure of his status for this week, but I think that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and then uh, Tashawn, uh, Tashawn Gibson, who is uh, one of their better safeties there, I, uh, I think is another one of the key injuries. So just something to keep in mind uh, for people. You got to always be sure that you are keeping an eye on the um, you know, injuries on the defensive uh, side of the ball. Um, Jaguars, any any of these uh, Marquise Lee, Didi Westbrook, um, how are you dealing with them? I mean, I think both have a really pretty good matchup. You don't have Vontae Davis uh, in the mix anymore. Rashad Melvin is out. Uh, Didi Westbrook is probably going to get some Nate Hairston in the slot. Uh, he did see 10 targets last week, and he's dirt cheap at just 4,700. But um, is Alan Hearns coming back? I mean, is that something that's going to uh, kind of affect Didi, or is Didi going to play? I feel about Alan Hearns like I feel about Mike Gillisley. Okay. Kind of both, uh, both dead to me. I like uh, I like Didi Westbrook a lot. Uh, we talked about him a bunch last week. Uh, he had 10 targets, like you said, six catches, 41 yards. Um, 4,700 feels really low for him. For a guy who had 10 targets last week, I love getting wide receiver volume under 5,000. We talked about that uh, with Zay Jones. If you're going to pay me under 5,000, we get a lot of targets. Uh, I'm, that's a guy that I'm just going to play and, and see how it works out. Yeah, and then anyways, I mean, um, you know, Alan Hearns was, was absent for practice on Wednesday. Well, there you go. Uh, even, if he does, even if he does come back, it'll probably be at the expense of Keelan Cole, obviously. So I think Didi Westbrook uh, is here to stay. Um, but, you know, Marquise Lee has a nice matchup. He's 6,000. He's coming off a couple of uh, not-so-great weeks. What about Leonard Fournette? Super inefficient last week, uh, carrying for just 25 yards on 12 targets, but really hard not to love this matchup and what will likely be a very positive game script. What do you think about Fournette as the the second priciest running back of the week? Yeah, I mean, Fournette's a tough one to figure out. I mean, what a crazy follow-up. I mean, the guy was so good. Uh, early in the year, he has uh, he has no touchdowns in one game over 100 yards since week six. He missed a couple of those games, one with suspension, one with injury. Then he had a bye week, but he's just been really quiet for the last like you know the whole second half of the season. The weird thing was last week he only played 28 snaps. It seemed like they uh, they used TJ Yeldon a bunch in the second half. They were passing the ball, so maybe they were trying to get him to catch the ball in the backfield a little better in pass protection. So I think that was mostly game script. But uh, you know I'd like to he practiced today, so he looks to be fully healthy. Their offensive line's a little banged up is the one thing that kind of worries me a little bit. But 8,700 is still fully priced. I haven't fully decided what I'm doing with Fournette yet. I think he's pretty contrarian this week. I don't think he'll be very high percentage, though. Yeah, especially coming in right there uh, between Gurley and Kamara. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I am think it's this ankle thing that has been obviously bugging him. They said that's something that's going to bother, bother him throughout the year, and they might just be taking it easy with him. Um, he did run for 111 yards and get 28 carries against a pretty stout Cleveland run defense two weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, man, he could, he could come out and, and splash and uh, do a little something. So I'm not crossing him off at all. No, I'm not either. He's a, he's probably the toughest guy for me to figure out in this slate. I was, I was hoping he was going to be a little bit lower price coming off the poor game against the Cardinals, but 8,700 will keep the percentage down. Uh, he's an interesting play. Uh, I think he's a boomer bust guy, though. I think you're either going to get uh, you know 100 yards and a touchdown, you're going to get 30 yards and nothing. It's it's hard to figure out which is going to be uh, the case for Fournette this week. Yeah, and just just sort of close this game up. I think with uh, with Jacksonville defense, uh, obviously Every it's a good matchup. Uh, yeah, every week. But I think we need to keep an eye on and see um, how many you know as we're getting towards the end of the season, players are starting to wear down a little bit. Um, 
you know, last week they did only score 11 fantasy points, which is pretty much a disappointment for Jacksonville, which is pretty <laughs> funny considering there are a lot of teams that haven't even got 11 points this year in a, in a single week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously in play, but at 5,600, um, a little bit different of a conversation this week. Yeah, I mean, you look at last week, though. Tennessee doesn't get a lot of sacks on the year. They were they were struggling. They had eight against the Colts. Jacksonville had 10 mm-hmm. sacks against them in Week 7. It's, it's, it's hard not to see them getting a whole lot of sacks in this game, which is, it creates a nice floor for a fantasy defense. Saxonville, baby. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Uh, moving on to the next game, kind of an interesting one. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay favored by one and a half in Lambeau Field. That uh, says a lot about uh, how much of a difference Aaron Rodgers makes to the Packers. Over under a 44. It looks like Jameis Winston will be back in this game. He practiced today. It looks like he's going to be good to go. Um, how does that affect how you handle the Tampa Bay offense this week? Uh, you know, it's. It, I think he is going to be a little rusty, so I'm obviously not going to play him. Uh, you know, I think DJX uh, was banged up in practice this week. He's mid-priced at 6,200. Um, I, it, it, you know, I am interested in Mike Evans. I mean, he's my favorite. He's one of my favorite guys. Uh, whenever he's healthy, and he's got his boy Winston there, especially in a in a matchup against this really weak Buck secondary that got like thoroughly, thoroughly thrashed by Antonio Brown, <laughs> and just continues to give a big place to to number one uh, wide receivers. And so. Um, you know, I wonder, you know, this might be sort of one of these uh, sloppy games with, uh, with with some scoring. I could totally see that happen. Uh, as long as the weather's okay, Evans is my absolute favorite wide receiver this week at 7,500. Nice. Uh, Gre- Green Bay's allow- allowed the fourth most yards to wide receivers this year. He's all- they've also allowed the third most FanDuel points to wide receivers this year. Uh, Tan- I just I like a-, a receiver against the Green Bay defense. Um, he hasn't scored since week seven. He just feels due for a big game to me. 22 targets the last two weeks, over 75 yards in both games. So he's been good. He just hasn't found the end zone lately. Uh, I like, I love Mike Evans this week with Jameis back. I think he scores and goes over 100 yards. What if he gets three touchdowns? How sweet would that be? We all that we play be, him. Uh, and he gets that would three. be lovely. I would, I would yeah. go for that. I'll even take two. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall back from calling three touchdowns because that would be the wildest call in uh, on a DFS podcast in history. So <laughs> let's just say that uh, Mike Evans is uh, gonna, gonna, gonna get uh, get into the end zone at least once this week. Um, yeah, you mentioned Deshaun Jackson a little bit banged up in practice week. He did have 11 targets last week. I like getting Jameis Winston back for him. You know, bigger arm for deep balls, but 6,200 is not that cheap. Um, you know, all the same matchup stuff as we mentioned with Mike Evans that uh, going against Green Bay is really nice. I think I'm just going to go with Evans in this game and probably no D-Jack, uh, even though I liked him. Yeah, so now for the next half hour, let's talk about Adam Humphrey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Packers side of the ball. Um, you know, I there's a, there's a guy here that I think is going to start to get more and more love as the week goes on because he's just been so damn solid, uh, and that's Devontae Adams, the uh, the number one receiver. It is too cheap. He's going to be, way, he's going to be super, super, super chalky, right? Yep. I mean, you know, Brett Hundley just loves him. I mean, 37 targets last four games. Tampa Bay mm-hmm. is allowing far and away the most FanDuel points to wide receiver. 36 FanDuel points per game on average uh, that wide receivers put up against them. The next highest is Kansas City at 31.9, a huge margin there. Uh, Tampa Bay pasty just sucks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's averaging nine targets, Devontae Adams is, and over 100 yards over the last three weeks. Uh, has essentially rendered Jordy Nelson useless. Um, Brett, uh, Brett Hundley had his, uh, I was going to call him Brett Gardner. Brett Hundley had his best game <laughs> of the week, uh, best week of the season last week, which was nice. And, and um, yeah, so, I, you know, I kind of like this game as a sort of a, uh, I don't know how sneaky it'll be, but sort of a sneaky little stack here. 
probably with um, you know getting Devontae Adams and Mike Evans in the mix. What about Jamal Williams? Um, Aaron Jones is practicing. I don't think he's going to end up playing. I don't think Ty Montgomery will play, so it'll probably be Jamal Williams. And he's he might end up going over-owned after last week's big performance. But at 5,700, if he's the lone guy, it sort of might hard, be hard to pass on a guy that could end up being like the top projected points per dollar running back this week. Yeah, it's tough because he had that one big play last week against the Steelers, the big uh, 54-yard touchdown catch that kind of uh, – Really boosted him up last week. He did have a rush touchdown, too. But it was a short one. He was 21 carries for 66 yards last week, which isn't great, but the 21 carries is really important. You know, solid volume. He has 59 carries the last three weeks. It hasn't been over 70 yards rushing, but in that amount of volume, suddenly in a really good matchup, I kind of want to fade him. But when I look at everything in, in the volume plus playing the Buccaneers, it's hard not to like Williams a little bit at 5,700. Yeah, and I think the main key here is you, you know, you're just essentially, you know, you're you're putting out your points projections on all these guys, and it's not the same with, uh, you know, over on full PPR sites because you can really only play two running backs, and so if you do think Jamal Williams is going to be the chalk, and you think that people are going to be just going after him like crazy and going to be over thirty percent owned at fifty seven hundred. You absolutely have to, you know, highly consider fading something like that in in tournaments. Cash games is a different story, but since we've only got two slots for the running backs, there are enough running backs around, you know, unless you think Jamal's going to truly smash. Yeah, my 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 initial lean is to fade him, but I'm probably gonna look a little bit deeper. I wish they weren't playing Tampa Bay, who I, I love to go against. Uh, they gave up 19 yep. carries for 97 yards and two touchdowns to Tevin Coleman last week. Damian Williams had 10 carries for 78 yards the week before that. So they're just they're just not good. Um, but I think it's uh, I think if I play anyone in this game, it's going to be Devontae Adams. 6,500 seems way too cheap. I just wonder how high his percentage will actually be. Okay, I think we're hitting to the uh, the 1 p.m. games, uh, 4 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, and then there are obviously are a couple coasts in between. Uh, Cleveland and the Chargers. Cleveland at L.A. Uh, Chargers are favored by two touchdowns with an over/under of 42 and a half. Uh, start with the Browns. This is uh, this is uh, pretty big. Josh Gordon, the the return of Josh Gordon. Yeah, Josh Gordon back. Uh, you know they said that they're going to use him as much as possible. Was the quote from uh, from their coach? Uh, I don't know. Football's hard. I don't I don't think you can just roll out there after not playing for that long and just kind of start to ball. He's obviously a physical freak, but who knows how good of shape he is? Who knows uh, how much he knows the offense? There's a lot of stuff there. I kind of like Corey Coleman in this game, though, at the same price. He had uh, eight targets last week after 11 the week before. They're clearly using him a lot. He actually dropped a touchdown last week. I think he'd be really highly owned this week if he had not dropped that touchdown. He has 144 yards last two weeks. If he had caught that ball, he would have been really boosted up, boosted up in the points. Uh, I wonder if Josh Gordon back will actually not actually hurt him that much. you got to think that he's going to take some attention away. Uh, he might be able to get some one-on-one coverage. At 5,800, uh, Corey Coleman's my favorite guy in this game. Yeah, and you know, I actually think I'm going to probably pop Josh Gordon in a lineup just for just to sort of enjoy it, um, because it also seems like everybody is talking about you know this week on Twitter like what a donkey move is to play him, especially after him years of not playing, facing a tough Chargers defense, and and I mean yeah, I mean it's definitely sort of a dangerous contrarian play. He isn't you know min priced or anything close to that. Um, but, um, you know, I don't mind burning a few dollars just to have a little bit of exposure and just to have some fun. And I'm sure he'll be rusty. He'll probably have a couple of drops. He's going to have a tough matchup against, you know, Trevor Williams. Uh, and, and with Corey Coleman, it, it is notable that, um, you know, Casey Hayward, who, um, you know, had a family tragedy this week might be out uh, of the game this week. I'm not sure if he's going to play, but I think that's something that, um, we'll, we'll, we'll 
sort of affect Corey Coleman if he does, because he's probably going to get that Hayward shadow treatment. And Hayward's been, you know, obviously one of the best, uh, you know, cornerbacks in the game. So that that's one thing that sort of makes the difference for me whether I, uh, you know, go with Corey Coleman or not. Yeah, I think that's big too. I mean, you look at the Chargers' pass D, and they're really good. They've allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver the last five weeks. They have not allowed a hundred yard receiver all year long. Uh, my favorite thing with Coleman just is really the price, though. At fifty eight hundred, I don't think he has to be huge for him to pay off. And uh, I think they're going to use him at a fourteen point uh, spread. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot in the second half. They seem to like him deep. They threw the ball him a lot last week, a lot the last two weeks. Um, I just think at under six thousand, he's he's a really interesting play, especially in a GPP where you know he he could he could go off in a, in a in some garbage time play. And then, you know, with these two Chargers studs, uh, you know, you've got Melvin Gordon. Um, I guess you can only sometimes call him a stud. And right. Keenan Allen, you know, both are expensive. Oof. People are going to want to have some exposure here, and they'll have to make a choice. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Keenan Allen is the uh, second most expensive uh, receiver, right, this week on Fanduel. correct. Yeah, 8,100, just behind Julio. Yeah, right behind. Yeah, and so, you know, on one hand, you've got Keenan Allen in a matchup with a Brian Brody Calhoun, who's uh, been insanely good this year. He's one of the league's top slot corners. Um, and then you've got Melvin, you know, Molasses Melvin against the number two ranked rush defense. But one that surprisingly got torched by rookie Joe Mixon last week and then by Leonard Fournette the, the, the week prior. Um, do, do you have a preference between these guys in terms of matchup and how that works? You know, I don't. It's just I think it comes down to game script. I like it. I like it more for Gordon with, as a big favorite. He's under eight thousand, uh, but eighty yards are under and only one touchdown last three weeks. Uh, just, the game script is just so nice though as, the, as that big favorite. The volume's still there. He has forty-one carries the last two weeks. He's not been used as much in the passing game. Only three catches or fewer in four of the last five games. Uh, I just wonder. Uh, you know, you, you like you said with the Cleveland run D, everybody keeps pumping up about how good they are. But like you said, mixing last week, four out the week before that. I wonder if you're, they're finally poking some holes in that defense. Yeah, and, and so I'm sort of a, you know, as we are here on Wednesday, a little on the fence, trying to figure out what to do with Melvin Gordon because the gut says uh, to, to run with him. Um, and, and the brain says maybe that's not a great idea. But yeah, I mean, I could totally see a, a nice little Melvin Gordon Chargers defense uh, correlation play here. Uh, obviously, the Chargers defense, you know, whether, you know, will be downgraded just a touch if Hayward doesn't play, but still, it's a tremendous unit. Um, you know, they've scored 19 and 25 fantasy points over the last two weeks against the, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and against Buffalo the week prior. And then you've got some Deshaun Kaiser here who, um, you know, nobody's thrown more interceptions at him. So um, I think that's a, a correlation play that might work this week. What about uh, what about Philip Rivers uh, rolling kind of really well right now? Multiple touchdowns the last three games, 434 yards and three touchdowns last week against the Cowboys. Uh, the only issue with him is is the price, 8000 plus the fact that you could have a second half where they don't throw the ball a lot. But Cleveland's allowed a second highest uh, in the league, 22 touchdown passes. Having allowed a 300-yard passer, I think that's a lot of game script, though. They get behind in games. People don't throw. Uh, you mean rolling rivers out there at all? Um, I don't know. I think he's going to be a little tired from being with his uh, you know, family and, and his nine kids, being with being <laughs> that this game is uh, – Home in L.A., he's going to be, uh, you know, run ragged and then has to go play a game. And so, yeah, and game script has a lot to do with it as well. So, yeah, I think for me, um, especially at the increased price at 8000 other options I like better. Probably a no for me on Rivers. Uh, probably going to, you know, look to try to <laughs> convince myself for or against Melvin Gordon uh, and some Chargers defense in this one. Fair enough. Uh, next game is the Giants at the Raiders. Raiders are fair by seven, uh, 42 and a half point over under. Big news this week, obviously, out of New York. They benched Eli Manning. A lot of uh, controversy there. We're going with going with Geno Smith. Uh, what do you do with the Giants this week, knowing that Geno is taking the uh, taking the snaps? 
Mm, not very much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I typically only build like three main lineups um, that I put in some higher dollar entries. So um, I'm probably not going to have too much exposure to the Giants unless I'm, you know, sort of going into the Sunday Million and going to try to, you know, do some mass lineups there. But uh, yeah, I mean, just nobody I'm, I'm really into here. Uh, you know, I am a little bit of a sucker for min price quarterbacks who, who can run. Um, but I think if I'm going cheap at quarterback, I think I might, you know, be looking at like, uh, you know, Garoppolo or, uh, you know, Hundley or someone in that nature before I consider him. Um, do we, again, do we still I, think I would, Geno Smith can run? I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm, I'm not really willing to, to take that chance. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go, you know, 2.5 X on his, you know, 6,000 salary and, you know, get you 250 yards and, um, you know, a couple touchdowns, but I'm just not betting on it. Um, you know, uh, this is even a situation where how's it going to affect Evan Ingram? You know, is, is Sterling Shepard fully healthy? Like, you know, it, not a situation I want to go go nuts about. Yeah, it's too bad because I really like Sterling Shepard as a player. It sounds like he's finally back. He practiced fully on Wednesday after having the, the migraines issue. You know, 22 targets the last two games they did play. The Raiders have allowed, allowed five touchdowns of receivers the last three weeks and eight over the last five weeks. Their secondary is not good. Uh, I wish I could trust Geno a little bit because I, I like St- I like Shepard at 6700 if Eli was playing. I just have no idea what to expect from Geno Smith this week. Yeah, what about on the Raiders side? I mean, you've got Crabtree and Cooper out. Uh, a lot of people are going to be gravitating to Jared Cook, who uh, disappointed last week, that to say the least. Um, uh, and, you know, a, a lot of people are, might be ending up being intrigued with Cordero Patterson, who, you know, fairly priced at 5500 getting a lot of work in practice this week, caught three or four targets for 72 yards. Um, but the guy that's getting more work actually is uh, is Seth Roberts, who um, you know has been primarily playing the slot. I think he'll be playing a little bit on the, uh, on the perimeter this week. Uh, and then the third guy in consideration there, sort of a GPP flyer, deep threat guy who only has just a couple catches on the year, but they all seem to go for touchdowns, is Johnny Holton. So um, among this group, among those four um, sort of past targets, anyone you're interested in, you know, I am just because of the price. Cordell Patterson's 5500 uh, Like you mentioned, Crabtree's out. Amari Cooper's questionable, but after the concussion and a little bit of an ankle injury, I have a hard time seeing him play this week. We'll have to check that news. But I just like what Patterson's done. He's explosive. He could get a big play. You know, he could get a, he could get a run for a big play. Three, three for 72 last week, four for 45 the week before. Janoris Jenkins is out. He's going in the IR. He's having ankle surgery. So he's done. Uh, the Giants are, are pretty much giving up on the season. Their, their defense is not good right now. Uh, I like Patterson 5,500. I also like Seth Roberts, uh, 12 targets the last two weeks. I think he's probably better on a, P- a full point PPR site. He's going to be kind of the slot guy. Um, like you said, Johnny Holton, you know, deep guy. But at 4,500, I could probably – I probably like Zay Jones and D.D. Westbrook better. Um, but Cordell Patterson's probably my favorite of those three guys. Uh, 5,500, uh, really interesting to me for a, for a big play. And Cordero might be the guy taking a bite of the apple. Little Eli oh, Apple coverage, your, so. your favorite, your favorite one of the week. But uh, I never thought we'd yeah. be going back to CPAT. It was our boy a couple years ago, and uh, here he's back again. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All the CPAT. What about uh, what about Marshawn? Super active last week. Twenty six carries, three catches. Um, a nice game script with for him. You know, seven point favorite. If Geno struggles, they could get the lead. They could run him a lot in the second half. Um, you know, no Cooper, no Crabtree would be good for their running game. They might just run the ball a lot. New York's allowed the third most yards to running backs on the season. Uh, 6,200 only for Marshawn. Hard to trust him if they if they kind of peel back on the workload again, but uh, he's interesting to me. Definitely, he he is interesting, and, and I don't know if you know in my one uh, that my um, uh, hospitality uh, league 
where you get yardage points for escorting opposing uh, <laughs> cornerbacks to to the bench. Yeah, when he no, never mind. <laughs> My bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mar- Mar- Marshawn Lynch. I had I is, had no uh, idea where you're going with that for a full five seconds. Yeah, you know, you know, just just sort of came to me, but um, yeah, Marshawn Lynch is he's he's really cheap. He's looked good, a lot better over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think game flow is going to work pretty well with him. Um, you know, Jalen Rich Richard actually got a little action last week. I think he had double digit fantasy points. Um, but yeah, still, you know, Marshawn, it's it's funny they've almost been they've been saving him for when they were going to get to the playoffs, which obviously isn't looking too good for them now. But now he seems like he's uh, you know healthy and you know obviously obviously always been healthy, but uh, sort of spry and more alive. And I think for that reason alone, we need to consider him with him getting possibly a nice little workload. Moving on to uh, probably the best game of the day. We have the Carolina Panthers heading to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome at the Saints. Saints are favored by four, over-under of 48. Really nice game script in this game. We also like, always like a high over-under with a close spread. Um, starting on the Carolina side, Cam Newton is fully priced at 8100 I was a little surprised by that price. He's only uh, – he, he just, he just kind of seems like it's hard to get a ton of passing yards out of him. You really need those running yards to help you out. Um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore is back at practice. That's huge for the Saints. Ken Crawley's back too. For me, Newton's a little too inconsistent, but an intriguing GPP guy if this turns into a, a big shootout. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's bad news for Cam Newton all around this week that uh, cornerbacks Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crowley, as you mentioned, are both back at practice um, Wednesday and a pretty good chance they're going to play. And so I think with, with those two guys active, it's sort of a whole different matchup. But in either way, I mean, it's not like Cam is, you know, throwing bombs all over the place. You're getting the points out of him if he's running and he's running in touchdowns himself. Um, but does make me a little bit interested in the Panthers running backs. Um, you know, they're facing a Saints 26th ranked run defense that uh, essentially is their main leak. And, uh, you know, this run D has allowed Gurley and Perrine and, and uh, or Pirine, I'm sorry, and, and LaShawn McCoy <laughs> to rush over five yards a clip over the last three weeks. Um, that could bold well for, you know, sneaky little Jonathan Stewart as a GPP play. Um I think that that works possibly only if for some reason Christian McCaffrey doesn't play. Uh, I think McCaffrey is fine. I just know that on Wednesday he didn't practice, uh, dealt with a shoulder stinger from last week's game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as the pass offense, like Devin Bunches is dealing with a with a toe injury. He's not 100%. Greg Olson is 100%. So really outside of the running backs, not a lot to love for me on the Carolina side of the ball. I love that all the Christian McCaffrey can't run inside the tackle, can't break a tackle, can't make anybody miss. A narrative's gone away the last few weeks. I've enjoyed hearing all the quiet on that front. McCaffrey's starting to look really good. 5.6 yards per carry the last three games, still getting a ton of targets. Anybody who thought this guy couldn't make anybody miss, clearly never watched him play in college once. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, he's, he, what about- if he's... No, no, I'm saying if he's healthy and he's good to go, I mean, he's he's one of my favorite uh, plays of the week. Yeah, he's uh, he's fully priced 7,300. The price is uh, price is up there three times times the last three games could be a nice game script. You know, them uh, a little bit of an underdog inside with a really high scoring games. Um, I like him to get maybe a couple chunk plays. I don't like the New Orleans linebackers. Their lines all right. But if he can get to the second level, I think he can make some guys miss hit some big plays. Uh, what about Devin Funches? He's 7,500. Been really good lately, 86-plus yards in the last three games. Scored twice in Week 10, 25 targets the last three games. But like you said, Marshawn Lattimore's back. Is that uh, get you uh, to go away from Funches completely? 
Yeah, most likely. Um, I think it's more so he's he's dealing with a toe issue in practice. I don't think he's 100%. I think that could slow him down. But, I mean, I guess how can you really slow down already the slowest uh, receiver in football, right? He's just big and just catches passes. <laughs> he is, and he, he you know his, his three best games all year have been the last three, at least yardage-wise. Uh, he's uh, he's made me look bad. You know, I said a lot of bad things about Devin Funches. He's really come to play the last the last three or four weeks. Yeah, and then on the, you know on the Saints side, I mean, I mean just Love in it. general, I mean, you know, despite this being one of the highest totals on the on the board, I'm always concerned with Saints games these days um, that they, especially against a good defense like Carolina, that you might have a slower pace game here. Um, both teams sort of play at a slower pace, and especially more lately with the Saints this year because they are more of a run heavy offense, and so. Um, I don't know. I mean, what are you doing with these running backs here? I mean, you've got Alvin Kamara, who's going to be the chalk. Um, he's looking like could arguably be the most effective runner in football. Um, he's going to be pretty chalky. Um, and the price has really gone up. What, what are you going to do with Alvin to this week? Uh, I'm not going to play him. I'm, I'm with you. I wanted to say it first, but I thought I wanted to hear what you said. I, we finally reached the, uh, the magical Drew Brees week of 2017. Oh yeah, yes we have. Um, I really like. I, like, I really I like, like. Go ahead. No, I, I I like it when you're really sold on something because a lot of times you can sell me on it too, and usually we win money that week. So I like it. I want to hear this. I I just like that. I like the Carolina run defense. They've allowed the third fewest run yards in the NFL, the fourth lowest Fanduel points uh, to running backs in the NFL. So I think Carolina is going to do everything they can to run to to stop the run. They're gonna play. They're gonna key on Ingram and Kamara. Everybody's realized that Drew Brees has played really well. It's just been, he hasn't been good fantasy-wise, but he's 71.3% completion rate, which is just absurd. He's incredible there. A total of 16 touchdowns the last four weeks, and nobody's going to be looking at him this week. Just too much Kamar and Ingram, but I think it's going to be different. I think the Panthers are kind of middle of the road in pass defense, but really good in run defense. They allowed 307 yards and three touchdowns to Josh McCown, of all people, last week. They've allowed seven passing touchdowns the last three weeks. He won't be high percentage. He's home. Really good game script. Uh, low spread, high over under. I love Drew Brees this week. I think he's going to be a monster. I think we're looking at uh, 350 yards and three touchdowns this week. Sold to the Russian in L.A. You got it. All right. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because um, I, I was sort of missing the other part of the equation here. Uh, sometimes can get a little too formulaic. But, you know, the other the, the guy that I really like this week, um, I just didn't put it together with Brees, is Michael Thomas. Like reasonably priced at 7600 seeing nine targets a week over the last two months and really feels like he's got some positive regression to his way. Uh, a solid matchup with sophomore cornerback James Bradbury, uh, who will probably be shadowing him. And, uh, you know, Michael Thomas did have a pretty solid game against the same Carolina Panthers team in week three, um, catching seven balls for 87 yards and a touchdown. So I think he's in play for cash. And as you've just sold to me, Breeze and Thomas for GPPs. Yeah, probably my favorite stack of the week is Breeze and Thomas. Uh, don't get me wrong, Alvin Kamara is insanely good. I love watching him play. We've talked about him for weeks, even before he really popped uh, popped in a big way. But you realize he only had 11 touches last week for that huge game? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Cool, and, man. Uh, I'm excited. Like, we're we're going to win all the money with uh, with uh, with Breeze and Thomas, man. Let's do it. Yeah, and uh, I, Kamara's like 8,500. And the thing that helps with him with Breeze is I think Kamara can obviously can catch balls out of the backfield. So Kamara can still be good and help Breeze. Uh, what about Ted Ginn at 5,500? Really active the last two weeks, 17 targets, had 11 targets last week, 158 yards last two weeks. I think he's an intriguing GPP guy at 5,500. 
And also another decent matchup. Um, he'll be lined up for the most part against Daryl Worley. Sort of been quiet uh, for a bit after having a nice little run there in the middle of the season. And so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Could do something like a little uh, little Breeze, Thomas, and uh, and Ginstack there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting one to me, too. Um, Mark Ingram, a little bit quiet last week. 11 carries, 33 yards, two catches. Only 11 carries the last two weeks. I think he's finally starting to feel the bill of the brunt of uh, you know Alvin Kamara being so good. Uh, there's just so much of a split between those guys. They're both over 8,000. They're both so good. But it's uh, it's hard to play him if he's not going to touch the ball more than that. You know, it's hard to it's hard to count on those long touchdowns. Exactly. And with Ingram, I think for the most part, he'll, his value will come from getting uh, some goal line opportunities. Um, but you know, even then, if we think it's a breeze week, it's going to be really hard to play Marcus, Mark Mark Ingram. And also, um, this is a you know defensive front that's just really hard to to run straight on against. And so, you know, for me, I do believe that Ingram's uh, upside is a little bit capped. And outside of the goal line opportunities, um, I'm probably not going to have too many shares. What about uh, the next game? Your Los Angeles Rams heading to the Arizona Cardinals. Rams are favored by seven on the road. Whoever thought we'd say that when the year started? Uh, over under a forty-five and a half. Uh, Jared Goff uh, struggled a little bit in the first game against them. He only had 235 yards and one touchdown against them in L.A. Um, but uh, he's been balling 300 plus yards, two plus touchdowns in uh, you know three of his last four games. The Cardinals have only actually allowed they actually allowed the third most Fanduel points uh, to uh, to quarterbacks. I was a little bit surprised by that. I look a little bit closer. It's a mm-hmm. little bit skewed. They've allowed five rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks, so it skewed the numbers a little bit. Uh, obviously, Goff is not a rushing threat, so uh, I kind of pulled back my light my love of Goff uh, after I read that stat a little deeper. I'm interested in the Rams, uh, you know, like I am every week, probably to hang another 25 points. I don't know if they're going to do their 30 plus uh, as they usually do. And, you know, usually the conversation starts with uh, Todd Gurley. But this week he's the priciest running back on the slate. The cards have been decent against the run this year, uh, ranked fourth in DVOA. And so I do think that limits a little bit of his upside. Um, the only thing I'll mention about Gurley is he probably due for a score here. Uh, he's only hit Pater once in the last three weeks. So feels sort of very ungurly like so could be could be time for him what do you think it's interesting because you look a little bit closer at Gurley's game logs and he's under 20 carries four weeks in a row now I wonder if they're pulling back on him a little bit uh, they have a they have a pretty good lead in the division I wonder if they're pulling back but you know this is a perfect game script for him uh, they have a seven point uh, favorite maybe they give him the ball a lot in the second half it's interesting that nobody has had 100 yards on the Cardinals this year except for Todd Gurley who had 106 in week seven yeah uh and, and Cooper Cup any interest for you there? I mean, cash game play potentially with Robert Woods out. Uh, caught eight balls last week for his first game with over 100 yards in his career. And he's going to get that matchup in the slot with Hunting Badger, Tyron Matthew, who's just, you know, been sort of fairly average. Um, to me, I think Coop sort of, uh, Cup sort of makes the most sense with Watkins getting that Patrick Peterson treatment and rookie Josh Reynolds dealing with an injury this week. Yeah, it's interesting. Arizona hasn't allowed a 100-yard receiver since Golden Tate had 100 yards in, in week one. They've only allowed one touchdown to wide receivers the last four weeks. But if I had to pick somebody, it's probably going to be Cup. I want no part of Watkins with uh, with Patrick Peterson on him. Cup's price did go up. He's up to 6,300. I just think there's other receivers in that range I like a little bit more. But um, I have no problem with him. I like him as a player. 25 targets the last three weeks. Uh, Goff really likes him. We talked last week about how they were roommates in the offseason, and they really have a good uh, good rapport there. Um, what about the Rams' defense? Uh, they haven't forced a turnover the last couple weeks. Uh, they did have three sacks last week. Any interest in them at all facing uh, your boy Blaine Gabbert? I do like Blaine Gabbert a little <laughs> bit more than most, but uh, but I think it was just that matchup, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago that was really it, pristine. It, it worked. Uh, it was uh, it was a good play. 
Yeah, uh, this week uh, I have no problem. I mean, like if, if I had to play either the Rams defense or um, or, or Gabbert, um, not that that's ever a choice. Um, obviously, <laughs> I'm going with the Rams defense. Right. And um, yeah, they they are sort of that team that. Um, Secondary makes you know sometimes makes makes those big plays. I could totally see a little bit of, a little sloppiness from Gabbert and uh, perhaps turning turning the ball over and having them run one back. So Rams are in the conversation for me as far as their defense is concerned. Anybody on the Cardinals side of the ball and offense that uh, that you're interested in? It's it's kind of an ugly situation there. One hundred percent Seals Jones baby. Oh, no, your I'm, boy. no, 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 not at all. I'm kidding. Um, I wanted people to know that Jermaine Gresham is still the main tight end there and that, uh, you know, this rookie, um, he's seeing limited slat snaps, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, the, the big two touchdown game in his debut, but just 17 sla- uh, snaps last week, um, eight snaps the week prior. So um, I- I'm totally kidding. Um, no, no seal for me. No is kiss from your, a rose. Is he is he your favorite hyphenated player since Mike Sims Walker? N- no, Um Mike Sims Walker is still my favorite of all time, but active <laughs> wise, yeah, active active wise, it might be Seals Jones. Yeah, I couldn't think of a, another good one there. But uh, any interest in Larry, Larry Fitzgerald at seventy four hundred? Still a lot of targets, thirty two targets the last three weeks. Brutal game last week, three catches for twelve yards. Hurt a lot of people, especially in season long leagues. Uh, fully priced, but could be a nice game script for him if they get down a little bit to the Rams. They may uh, they may check down to him a lot. Uh, yeah, I think the only concern there, of course, is the price and. Uh, Going up against Nickel Roby Coleman, one of the league's best uh, slot corners. And so um, just not huge upside, but I guess if anybody's making plays there, it'll probably be him. I'm not on Adrian uh, Peterson at all. Uh, DJ Foster is somebody that I'm looking at. Um, made a bunch of bids on him last week in my season longs, looking at him again this week, especially if for whatever reason, you know, Adrian Peterson just got, gets a lot less work or gets shut down early. Um, DJ Foster, um, is a sort of like a, you know, Sunday million type, you know, you're building a lot of lineups, um, somebody that you may want to pop in there that could get a little sneaky, um, possibly more usable later on in the season, but just somebody I'm really keeping my eye on this week. That was your perfect chance to tell you, to tell me that Nickel Roby Coma was your favorite hyphenated player. Yeah. I don't really consider defensive players because, <laughs> cause I can't play them in fantasy. So I don't consider them real, real players. Last game of the day is a, is a really fun one. The Eagles headed to Seattle. Um, you know, Seattle has been not as good as in past years, but still really good at home. The Eagles have obviously lost only one game. Phillies fared by five in Seattle. Crazy that uh, that's a spread. We never would have thought that about three months ago. Over-unders moved up in this game. It's actually 47.5 right now. Uh, so what do you do nice. on the Philly side? They've obviously been balling right, you know, all season long. Carson Wentz leading the league in touchdown passes. Um, Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman are out for Seattle. That changes their defense, especially their secondary, a ton. Uh, what say you on Carson Wentz at eight thousand? Uh, I'm interested. I really like the Wentz Alshon combo. Uh, I think they have a really nice uh, rapport that continues to build, and I want to have some exposure for this game, late night hammer. Um, you know, a lot of people that might look to winning lineups last week. I mean, the you know people that were winning um, the big money. I mean, they 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 stacked up essentially that you know Pittsburgh that Pittsburgh Green Bay game. They you know the yep. the winning Sunday million lineup had Jamal Williams and Ben Roethlisberger, Martavis and uh, Brown and everybody like that. And so um, you know people always want that big shootout of a game. The fact that the over under is rising, I think, is really promising. Uh, and no Richard Sherman, no Kim Chancellor. Uh, is you know really sort of makes it sort of a clearer picture for Philadelphia. 
And I think Philadelphia dominates this game. I mean, not like, you know, destroys them by a couple touchdowns type of game, but I think they sort of control the pace. Uh, I think their defense is really good and it's going to give Wilson some fits because, um, you know, their team just is sort of really one dimensional where it's just, you know, Russell Wilson just chucking it around and, and running it and scrambling. So, uh, yeah, I like that's a long winded way to say I like Carson Wentz. Yeah, I love him as a player. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. Just a, just a, such a fun guy to watch play. But, you know, you mentioned Alshon. He's going to get some Jeremy Lane instead of Richard Sherman, which is obviously a huge upgrade. Uh, he was heavily targeted lately. 35 targets last four weeks. Five touchdowns last four weeks. He scored every week last four weeks. After a bit of a slow start to the season, Alshon's been really good. I like him at 7,300 also. Uh, what about Zach Ertz at 7,500? He got back in form last week. 10 catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Seattle's been about league average and tight end, but I wonder if uh, Defensive Player of the Year candidate Bobby Wagner is going to follow Ertz around a bit, a little bit this week. Oh, he absolutely will. Uh, not that Ertz can't beat him, but uh, for me, I'm basically going to be paying up for Gronk and, and right. paying down for somebody we actually didn't mention, Hunter Henry. Um, so uh, probably lighter on exposure for me. Uh, for me, it's really Alshon Jeffrey here in that very beatable uh, Shaq Griffin coverage. And uh, just to sort of finish it off here on the Philly side on my end, props to you on your uh, Nelson Aguilar call last week. Yeah, I didn't I didn't totally visualize him recovering a fumble for a second touchdown, but I'll take it. Yeah, you, you take what you can get in this dirty game. Absolutely. What about uh, what about I almost said Mariners again. What about the Seahawks? Uh, Russell Wilson, 8200. Um, nice game script for him. You know, high over under their home dogs could be thrown a lot the second half. They're going to have to score to win this game. Philadelphia's going to put up some points. Uh, Wilson's been hot. Six touchdowns the last two games, including a couple of rushing touchdowns. Tough matchup, though. Philly's allowed 210 yards passing or fewer the last four weeks. Uh, only two touchdowns the last four weeks, too, they've allowed. But they faced Trubisky, Dak Prescott, Brock Osweiler, and C.J. Beathard. So I take that with a little bit of grain of salt, uh, how good they've been recently. Uh, Wilson's been awesome. What are you going to do with him this week? Probably, and you know, I'm his uh, biggest fan. Anybody who listens yep. to the podcast know, knows how much I love uh, Russell Wilson. And, and in my season long where I'm going into, you know, at least it's not week 14 where I would really, really need him. Um, you know, I'm just, I don't know if I'm on high, as high on him as I should be. I actually think I do prefer Carson Wentz in this game. But game script could dictate him, you know, doing his thing. And uh, Jalen Mills and uh, Darby are beatable. Um so, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, to me, I think the guy I'm most interested in, if I am going with him here, is uh, Doug Baldwin coming off a very bad game. Uh, and he's going to have the best matchup of the group in the slot with Patrick Robinson. It's one that I think he can exploit. And I think that it's an opportunity to, you know, especially in a high-paced game, for Wilson to sort of ramp back up his usage and him perhaps, Baldwin perhaps getting uh, 10 targets or so. Yeah, it's kind of a shame on Baldwin. I think he'd be really, really low percent at 7,200 if he was not in the Sunday night game. I think his ownership yeah. would be up because everybody's going to want that Sunday hammer. Um, only uh, only uh, 15 targets over the last three games. He had double-digit targets three weeks in a row before that. Weirdly low the last three games. 65 yards total the last two weeks. I kind of feel like he's due. He's uh, you know a primetime guy. He likes to play in the night games. And uh, you know Obviously, again, the Eagles are pretty good. But like you said, um, in that slot matchup, he should be pretty good. 7,700. I think we'll keep a little bit of ownership down, but I wish he wasn't playing Sunday night because that's definitely going to bump it up. Yeah, and I think people will have to keep an eye on what's up with Jimmy Graham. Obviously, it's the same ankle that was bothering him last week, but um, you know, obviously, never uh, nothing stops uh, the great Jimmy Graham from uh, you know scoring these days. And and I don't believe there's a player even close in terms of uh, you know targets inside the you know 
the red zone instead of the five yard line. He's just a goal line target. He's just an absolute beast. So, um, but keep what an eye crazy, on his health. What a crazy sure stretch for a crazy stretch for Graham though. I mean, he scored he scored in six of the last seven games with eight touchdowns. He has not topped sixty yards in that stretch though. It's all touchdowns. It's crazy. He just he doesn't need to. He's the he's the the goal he's the goal line back. Anybody else on that Seattle offense? You are you thinking about playing it for the for the Sunday Hammer? No, I th- it's always tough between these other guys. Um, you know, I'm not going to even pretend that I know who's going off between Paul Richardson or Tyler Lockett. Um, don't necessarily have a huge gut on them. Uh, all I know is I am once again staying away from that disaster of a Seattle running uh, back situation altogether. Yeah, Eddie Lacy got a ton of carries last week, which is crazy because he was terrible as expected. But uh, I was surprised how many touches he got. All right, let's wrap it up position by position. Uh, quarterback. I think I already know who your top overall play is, uh, but bef- but before you do, uh, I have I have Carson Wentz listed as my top overall play. But uh, after your um, argument, I think I'm going to dig into this a little bit more and figure out if I think that that's what's going to happen and if Breeze is my play too. Uh, my top overall play is obviously Breeze uh, in the mid range. I do like Phil Rivers. I'm a little bit worried about game script there, but he's been hot. Cleveland uh, can't stop anybody uh, through the air. He's probably my favorite mid range play, but. Uh, I like Drew Brees so much. I'm going to have a lot of Drew Brees, I think. Yeah. Uh, do you have a, uh, a favorite cheap play? Uh, not especially cheap. I like Case Keenum probably more than most people do. I think that that, uh, that Minnesota-Atlanta game could uh, could get a little squirrely and could be pretty high scoring. Um, he's not as cheap as I'd like him to be. He's uh, what is he? He's 7,600. 7, uh, he's probably my favorite uh, low percentage play. I don't think a lot of people have him, but I think that game's going to go over the, over the number. What about you? Yeah, so my uh, you know Carson Wentz top overall play uh, mid range guy I consider Keenum because he is you know essentially mid mid priced. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, if I'm going cheap, uh, sneaky low percentage play for me is uh, is Brent Huntley against Tampa Bay. Yeah, you, you got to like the matchup. The price is good. I just I don't know how good he is. He looked really good last week against uh, against Pittsburgh. Although you know a couple of big plays, he really likes Devontae Adams. Uh, I think I like him this week more than Garoppolo if I had to pick between the two. Running backs, uh, top overall play and top mid-range play for you. Yeah, my top overall play is tough. I think it's Todd Gurley. I, I like the I like the game script. I like him to run the ball in the second half. I'm fading Alvin Kamara this week. Uh, I'm a little hesitant on Leonard Fournette, so I think Gurley's my top play. My top mid-range play is really chalky. It's Jordan Howard against the 49ers. Uh, how about you? My top overall play is actually Jordan Howard. Uh, I am considering Melvin Gordon. Sort of want to figure out um, the rest of the week how I truly feel about him. Top mid-range play for me this week is uh, going back to the well to Kareem Hunt. Interesting, yeah. I'm gonna. It's going to hurt if Kareem Hunt plays well. Uh, my top cheap play is probably Kenyon Drake. I just think the volume there uh, makes him really interesting at the price. Yeah, for me, I think I might uh, be – I mean, Deion Lewis, no, he's not really considered a cheap play. Um, I guess he would. I guess he would. 6,300. Yeah, 6, yeah, that's workable. Yeah, and Rex Burkhead, 5,900. I think Deion Lewis uh, is absolutely in play here. That probably would be my favorite. Uh, what about a fade for you? For me, uh, I have Alvin Kamara. I have a feeling it might be the same for you. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going I'm going Saints pass game this week, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade Kamara. He might catch a touchdown, but uh, 11 touches, 14 touches, whatever it is each week, I, just, I have a hard time paying 8,500 for that amount of touches, no matter how much I love the guy and his talent. Yeah, sneaky low percentage play. Uh, I think I might end up turning uh, a fade on Jamal Williams, just sort of undecided at this point. But I think that's a decision people have to make a, make a decision on and sort of take a stand on. Uh, and then if Alex Collins' calf is okay, I think he's a sneaky low percentage play as well. 
Yeah, I like the Allen Collins play. You, you sold me on that one. If he's if he's healthy, that's a guy that I'm going to look at too. Wide receivers. Um, I actually have two overall top overall plays listed. Um, I do too. I'm wondering if these would. Y- you do? Let's see. Let's see if we're we're on the same page here. Hopkins and Evans for me. Mine is uh, mine is Mike Evans and Michael Thomas. I do like Hopkins too, but uh, I like Evans and Thomas a little bit more for a little bit of a savings. Okay, two top mid range plays: uh, Devonte Adams and uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Mine are Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek finally makes a big play this week. I think they're gonna draw some stuff up for him this week. They got to get something going on that offense. And I think Tyreek's gonna be the guy to get it going. Uh, top cheap play for me is Dontrell Inman, and my top low, sort of low percentage uh, cheap play would be D.D. Westbrook. Although you know, I could definitely see some ownership on him this week, and uh, Stefan Diggs, sneaky Diggs. Yeah, I like the Sneaky Digs play, too. I like a lot of cheap guys this week. I think I'm going to kind of mix and match cheap plays and play some multiple multiple entries this week. I like Ted Ginn. I like Cordero Patterson. I like D.D. Westbrook. And I like Zay Jones, uh, all 5,500 and under. I think uh, all are interesting. I like the volume for all of them at the price. I also like Corey Coleman. A lot of guys under 6,000 I like this week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix and match a lot of those guys and hope a couple of them hit. Fades for me, uh, basically Julio Jones and Devin Funches. It's always hard for uh, somebody who loves Julio so much to fade, but uh, I think there's just too much else that I like, and I believe Keenan Allen might end up being a fade for me as well. Yeah, mine is uh, mine's uh, Devin Funches also. I just think that uh, the coverage of Marshawn Lattimore there, I just uh, I don't want any part of. I think the Cam will throw it to different guys this week. Tight end. Top overall play for me this week is Rob Gronkowski. Paying up for 8100 but I think that uh, because I'm not paying top dollar for, you know, for the, for the for the very top running back and receiver and because salary is sort of malleable this week, I think that uh, I think I'm going to pay up for him this week. Yeah, I like that too. I also like Travis Kelsey. I, you know, I don't love Andy Reid as a as a kind of a game strategy coach, but I like him as a game planner. I think they're going to work a lot in getting the ball kept to Kelsey and Hill this week. I, I like Kelsey to make a couple of big plays. Uh, I like a lot of guys in the mid-range this week, though. I like Delaney Walker. I like Jack Doyle. I like Jared Cook. You know, obviously, you can always play tight ends against the Giants. Um, so I'm kind of going to go a lot of the mid-range there. And I think Hunter Henry, you mentioned him earlier, kind of a sneaky low percentage in the mid-range. He's uh, he's hit or miss, but I think, uh, you know, going against the Browns, he might be a little bit hit this week. Yeah, Hunter Henry is my top mid-range play. Uh, I'm also interested in Jared Cook, but I think I'll probably roster Henry before that. My sneaky low percentage guy, um, and I don't know if people have figured it out yet, but it's uh, it's Orange Julius Thomas oh, Revenge nice. Week, Revenge Week. Ah, that's uh, that <laughs> could work. I uh, I had to think about who he played for, but yeah, that uh, that could be interesting. He's uh, been a lot a lot of targets lately. He's been uh, he's been in the mix more than I more than I'm used to. Yeah. So again, um, I think if I'm building three lineups, um, you know, I'm obviously not going for many of Cutler's targets here, but uh, somebody that definitely is on my radar radar when I'm building lineups this week. What about uh, what about the defensive side? My top overall play is Jacksonville. Kind of boring. But uh, my top cheaper play is Denver. I think uh, I think Denver makes an interesting play this week. I think they uh, I think they make a couple big plays. I think they maybe score. Uh, they're probably going to be I'm going to go with. I think they're going to be pretty low percent, too. Yeah, Chargers for me, if Hayward plays, I'm going to keep a close eye on injuries in, in Jacksonville and uh, you know make sure that that's okay. Top cheap play is going to be Baltimore at 4,600. I just really like you know the defenses here. Um, and as a matter of fact, if you know just really quickly on the kickers, um, as we sort of always end the show, um, Forbath and uh, you know suck up and you know uh, well, well Forbath and, and Matt Bryant are both against yep. each other in a nice indoors game, which obviously is a nice nice target. Um, Nick Novak, if he's healthy and the leg is okay, 
Um, you know, obviously in a game where they may have a lot of shots, Ryan Suckup is in play for me, me every week for Tennessee. But the one thing I wanted to mention is Tucker and Prater, who are facing off, and it's going to be cold there in Baltimore. Those guys just don't miss, man. It doesn't matter where they are. Nope. So those are the, some of the only two matchup-proof guys for me that I don't mind paying up for. I don't mind playing, and it kind of feels like a field goal game to me. Yeah, there's a lot of good plays to kicker this weekend. I mean, obviously, Greg Zerline at Arizona indoors against a defense that maybe maybe will bend but not break a little bit. It's interesting, but he's obviously always priced up. He had a huge game last week, but I think Matt Bryant's probably my favorite kicker this week. Yeah. Cool. Well, anybody else that uh, you want to talk about before I let you go? No, I think uh, this is probably our longest show of the year, and of course, because there are no bye weeks, we've got a, a full 14 games, and so... I uh, hope everybody was able to process us, especially us talking at full speed here. But, uh, you know, hope we sort of lay the groundwork for you for a nice slate. Uh, I think both Scott and I have a really good feel and uh, just want to wish everybody luck. Fantastic. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Again, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Those ratings and reviews do mean a lot to the podcast uh, going forward. Also, uh, make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. If you have any questions, any comments you want us to discuss, uh, feel free to do that. We will talk some football over the weekend as uh, kind of the injuries and late news come out. So make sure to check that out. Other than that, thanks, everybody, for listening. And hope everybody has a great week 13.